the voice of one crying the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god the voice of one crying the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god the voice of everything we believe for and more. The capacity has no end. Father, we are grateful. We ask that your hand be upon us. Teach us your words today. Open our eyes, our ears, our mouths, our thoughts. Illuminate us. Illuminate us, O God. Illuminate us. Illuminate us. That which is bright, that which is light. Everyone here receive eyes to see and ears to hear, hearts to understand and mouths to speak plainly. The secret things of your hearts be revealed before the eyes of the one with whom we have to do, with whom nothing is hidden of his own, of his fullness we receive one grace after another. This evening may we receive more grace yet again. The source of everything. El Shaddai. Let your goodness overflow us. Your goodness in the form of truth and light. Equip us for the things we must do. Give us understanding of why we are here. On this earth at this time. In these bodies. With these people, knowing what we know, hearing what we hear, experiencing what we experience, let us have understanding. Thank you. We rejoice in you. You are our song. You are a song. You are a song. You're the reason we sing. Thank you, good God. We welcome the host of heaven. Let chains be broken. Chains be broken. 
this evening, let chains be broken. The captive be set free by the truth we now reign. Thank you, Spirit of Truth. Find full expression. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may I have your seat. Welcome to this Bible study. If this is your first time, it will be an opportunity to ask questions, to learn something. The reason we learn is that Let's sing <clears throat> the book of Proverbs chapter 24, verse 5 and 6. It says, A wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases strength. Oh, my wise counsel. You will wage your own war and in a multitude of counsel of very safety. Now pause. If you are new, if you look at the screen there or there, you see the wording. The reason we are singing, we would just say it for those who know it. Or we wouldn't even say it because we already know it. So why we sing memory verses once in a while is to remind ourselves of these scriptures. Second, to give those who don't know it the opportunity to learn it. So if we sing it and you're not making any attempt to learn it, we stop singing, you stay ignorant, life goes on. If you think, I want to know something more than Psalm 23, I want to know something other than the Lord's Prayer, Whenever you hear sing a memory verse, sing along. Sing along. Just don't, don't wait. Okay, yeah, I'm going to keep quiet like three times. Around the fourth time, I'll now start. Come on, do better than that. Hmm? You know why Jesus said we should become like little children? I'm always afraid to give the examples because if they are there, they will join and start making noise. Because little children don't care. Little children. Don't know how to say ABC as well. The very little ones haven't gone to school or they may have started. They can barely say, they say, You know now. No, 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 I don't want to say, I don't want them to join, but no, I start with the A and the B. 
and then say then they don't rather they don't join in once they hear a sound that sounds like it they jump in they don't wait till they know it properly they jump in there's an attitude children have that makes god say you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven except you become like them it is humility and lack of care about what people think it's more important to them that they do whatever it takes to learn something or to know something it is far less important to them that they appear dignified stop trying to appear dignified it will cost you a lot of spiritual growth The Lord Jesus created heaven and earth. That was one of the projects he carried out with his father. He created heaven and earth. And then the father said, go to earth and save the people there. Not once did he stand and look at anybody and say, do you know what? Were you there when I made sand? Should I tell you about how I created the ox? What is a camel's hump made from? Have you seen where eagles nest? He, now, there was that time a certain Job complained. And uh, he asked him a few of these questions. But generally speaking, you don't see Jesus doing that. He acts like a normal person. As a young boy, I'm sure they sent him on errands. He ran the errands. As a 12-year-old, the last time we heard of him, the Bible says he went to him and was obedient to his parents. That's the last we hear about him till he's 30. But whatever he saw the father doing, he did. The father says to him, This blind eyes, this one, you will not lay hands for him to see. You mix spit with mud. You create mud from spit. Like, can we use water? What will people think? So is it because you want to heal the man, you have to be rubbing your spit all over him? He said in John 5, whatever I see my father doing, that's what I do. So he saw the father showing him, use spit. So he used spit. There was a time a man was dumb. The Bible says he spat on his tongue. What kind of play is that? Because we brought our brother for you to pray for He was doing what he saw the father doing. If he didn't do it, the man wouldn't be healed. In my little experience, okay, I don't work, I haven't worked in the kind of healing ministry the Lord Jesus walked in. But in my little experience, maybe I'm praying for someone, casting out a demon, or I'm even a prayer for healing. I found out that when I do whatever the Holy Spirit tells me to do, there are answers. When I follow one method, that is. Who knows my preferred method to do anything? If you even know me well, I don't even want to even lay hands. I want to pray from where I am standing. That's my preferred method. And I'm sure you've seen it over the years if you've been here. Okay. A lot of the things that happen. When was it? The healings? When did I pray for healing last? 
Friday or Wednesday? Last week? Last week, Wednesday? I think it's the, maybe the Friday before the last. Did anyone get healed the last time I prayed for healing, please? If you did, raise your hand. So shouldn't you know which day it was? Now, wow. You never read two weeks since God healed you. You don't. All of you, you got healed too. Were you here physically? Online? Okay, good. So, I only knew one testimony of someone who was in my house. And doing devotion, she shared a testimony, some affliction she's had for how long? It wasn't one affliction. How many? The pain. Four months. Okay. So a pain she had consistently all the time, you know. And it's a pain. But the point, so that's the only one I knew. Now I knew there were more people. There's always people. I, I think I read a few online. But there's always people. How, how did I pray? I'm asking how I prayed. I'm not asking if I use Chinese or Spanish. How? Did I lay hands? I sat here. I was sitting down here. The meeting was ending. And then I remembered that I had said to her when she came to me to pray for her days before. I said, after the church meeting on Friday, remind me, I'll pray for you. So I remembered that there's her. Then I suspected, you know, and the Holy Spirit had highlighted to me that I might need to pray for healing. I had seen healing stop so i just raised my hands and prayed and that was it so i'm saying that to say that my prefer now many things deliverance is the power of god come people gifts of the spirit a lot of it that's how it came with me standing at the lectern and just praying from here it happened to them in their seats it happened you know all sorts of things have happened without my touching you that's my preferred method the second preferred method is touching you if you're standing in front of me. But I don't like this method very much. Why? This method is stressful. I have called years ago. <laughs> you know, once in a while, years will pass. And I'll think things have changed. And I'll say, I'll think two people will come out. I'll say, um, all, um, anybody who has... And then 50 people come out. And I'm like, oh God, who sent me? And my waist will be so in pain and I'll be laying hands. But I would rather not do that. So I'm saying my best method is to stand here and pray. Second method, lay hands. If you're a few, that has not worked very well for me. I'd rather not lay hands. Why did I start saying this? The method I like the least is the one where I have to hear the Holy Spirit tell me, what to do specifically. Thank God I don't have too much of that kind of ministry. So someone had a he shared it in his testimony. He had a I don't know if it was a venereal disease or something. Something problematic in his private area you know that used to happen and over time and these years ago in the warehouse and i'm sitting there it's not doing a church meeting it's a normal day 
sitting at that table in that big warehouse we used to occupy, and he's sitting across, and he tells me about it. And I didn't feel I should just lay hands, or even lay hands at all. I don't know why. I had a bottle of water by me. I had finished it. I had finished it properly. You know, a bottle of just bottle of water. So I felt I was to give him some water to drink. I think that was the first time. So I, I went like that and it was, I was hoping there should be a little. So I opened the bottle top and, and nothing came out. There was a little water, a drop. You know that drop that refuses to leave the mouth of the bottle? So I had to shake, you know, carefully so it won't splash on the table. Boop! So one drop. <laughs> and I gave him. He had to shake it. <laughs> okay. And he was healed. That was the end of that thing that, I don't know how long had he said that thing continued. Yes, whatever. You know, you know, and it disappeared and that was the end. He never saw it again. But my point is, it's the obedience. When you hear us say obedience is the strategy. It's not about the method. Now, if you saw it, you, you'll, be, you'll be like, well, this is ridiculous. What, what does this mean? But that's what the Holy Spirit was saying. And I think sometimes he does it to some of us too, so you don't go around criticizing things too much. Why? If someone wants to pray, is it not just, doesn't the Bible say, you shall lay hands on the sick as you come? Lay. You lay till he goes bald. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. You want to see God will obey him. Now, I know some people do weird, very weird things. I say very weird. You can't judge whether it's God or not by the level of weirdness. I just showed you Jesus spitting to make mud to heal someone. You can't say that's not weird. Lord Jesus, why don't you just lay hands? Just lay, eh? Don't worry. And then you've heard about Spirit Wigglesworth punching people. Not only Wigglesworth, other people. Why can't don't you just lay? This woman is 80 years old. She had a cancer. Her stomach was very big. Like a pregnant woman, but she's 80 years old. So he knew it was pregnant, she was cancer. And he puts his hands on her. The Holy Spirit tells he hears, punch her. <laughs> uh, so, so I'll go to prison. He puts his hand on her. He says he feels the anointing lift as like a bird was caught. He just lifts. Again, he puts his hand again, feels the anointing come. He lays his hands. Nothing. Repeatedly. Twice or thrice. He realizes there's no getting around it. So he explains to the crowd. <laughs> what you're about to see now is not me. <laughs> and punches her in the stomach. Bam! And the tummy deflates like a balloon. Instantly. It's flat. It just goes at once. And she's healed. He could have laid his hands. He could have called prayer team 50 people. People pray in the spirit. <laughs> pray! You pray. That one will die with her cancer. So in case you're here and you're wondering, no, no, don't tell me anything. Enjoy your boring life. Where you see few things happen. Or make a choice to obey God as a lifestyle. 
Now, when I finish saying everything I'm saying, I'm not going to tell you to do anything weird. Even though some of you, your life, your future is full of weird. <coughs> I'm, we've already had weird stuff happening in present, but now, nah, when God commissioned you well, well, you're going to understand how far. So, weird stuff, special prophetic people and all of that. Some of them, you, God will tell you to do very strange things. If you don't do it, you will not see God move. If you don't get used to the idea of doing even simple things that are not weird, where do you stand a chance? Where? How will you stand a chance? If you can't even pray in tongues, now there's someone here. You can't even pray in tongues. You're like, no, I don't understand that thing. It's too. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. There's this thing I read. They said that that those days that those who spoke in tongues, someone interpreted it. How do you know what I'm saying? Someone is not interpreting where they are standing. Here now. Did you understand what I just said? How do you know that the tongues I'm speaking or he's speaking? That someone in that as a okay, let's say it's me on the microphone. I'm 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 walking up and now. How do you know someone listening online right now in in UK didn't hear me as though I was speaking English? How do you know? You don't know, Abby. So on what basis do you say that nobody is interpreting it? It's you. There's no interpreting. The Bible is very clear that in meetings like this, and someone speaks in a tongue, that it is not everybody that is able to bring an interpretation. Yes? This place is too hot. Though. Don't stop that thing. Don't stop. You survive. I'm going to buy you. <laughs> Sorry, online people. We have noisy neighbors. <clears throat> Ignore them. Pay attention to me. One day the devil brought an evil thought. <laughs> it didn't, the evil thoughts don't come to men of God. If the Lord Jesus could be tempted, who am I? How? Even if I don't need now. My thought was that uh, they are just making this their extra loud noise. You just start jump to your feet. You are going to stomp to the glory of God. <laughs> it's just last week. <laughs> he came to me. Please keep me covered with prayer. <laughs> All right. You guys should be thankful. Can you imagine if they were above us? This is when they are beneath us. Can you imagine if this was on top? We'll be finished. So I give you glory, Lord. That we are above alone and not below. 
I was trying to say that don't doubt supernatural things because they seem strange. Don't. Neither do you accept everything strange as supernatural. It's not supernatural because it's strange. Everyone has to learn to trust in the Lord, listen to God, and have peace and trust God to save them. Now, if that strange is, is bad strange, example, someone says you should take uh, dirty water and drink when there's clean water, and you can't really see the reason for it. I don't know how to explain it. The, but if it's something like, oh, you're blind, please, why are you to be questioning the method? Accept anything. Go with anything. God tells, why would Jesus send away all the boats and come walking? Why doesn't he say, wait? He eventually, he caught up with the disciples in the scene. Uh, you see, what was the hurry? Because many of the weird stuff are signs, indicators. They, they point to something. It can be so strange so that you remember it. Are you listening? He wants you to remember. When you remember, you will always re associate his glory with that thing. He could have done it differently. But that he does it in a way that you are compelled to remember that people talk about it. The man said, I went and washed and I came back seeing. Ah. Don't refuse something. Don't refute it or refuse it because it is weird. It's weird to you based on certain standards where you are coming from. That thing that is weird to you is not weird to the child. If anybody walked in here naked like some people did in Kenya many years ago when there was a move of God, it wasn't God's will. They were, they were trying to prove, they believed they were sinless. It was a form of false grace. But this is the 1950s. And they're trying to prove that no, brethren, can we, we, are, we are sinless. So a brother and sister will lie down on the same bed naked to prove that they, are, they don't. I think someone got pregnant. I'm also asking. But I, I think so. I think there was something about pregnancy. But some brothers and sisters, they walked into church. You guys keep thinking that anything new is happening. I keep telling you there's nothing new. They walked into a church meeting, stark naked, no clothes at all. That was their understanding, interpretation of that he that is born of God cannot sin. It caused a terrible scandal, messed with that revival. It was a mighty move of God where people, you drive on the road and see, or walk on the road, you see groups of people, 40, 50 men, where they'll be sitting by the road with their things by their side. They're just crying. You ask them, what's wrong with you? They say, we are sinners. That is the conviction of the Holy Spirit without preaching will come on people on the road. They will stop everything and just cry. All they do is cry. Oh God, I'm a sinner, forgive me. Not knowing what to do was fantastic. But in that move, Satan is sure to show up and do something. To mix in something. To do something. He does it usually to discredit the move of God. Foolish people who don't know, join and say, you see, I told you that thing was not real. They'll ignore the thousands of people that were transformed and became Christians 
I'm focused on the two or three people who did stupid things. Weird stuff is not always good. But you don't reject something because it's weird to you. My example was actually that if a little child, you're still trying to make my some of the people in my house of a certain age to not move around naked. You're still trying to, you know, they're still alarmed. Go inside and wear clothes. <laughs> because they don't care about such things. Their mind does not understand. Naked, what does naked mean? You might think it weird when a grown-up does it. But when a younger person does it, you don't think it weird that way. In the same way, what a spiritual person does might appear weird to natural people, those who think with just their brains. What natural people do doesn't appear weird to spiritual people. It's wrong. It might be wrong, but it's not weird. If you understand, you know, that's, that's how they behave. Have you seen a dog have a bath and merely run out into the grass and rub itself all over the grass? Dirty grass. They're like, wow, what a waste of soup. The dog does not think it weird. Dogs dig the ground, bury bones and keep it for days. Then go and dig it out and start chewing. Have you seen that? All kind of things. that You think it's weird. The dog wants the bone to soften so it can get to what the... The heart of the matter. What's your problem? You know when the dog, the bone comes, it smells more than it went in. To the dog, it's not weird. Dogs sniff their own butt. When a dog sees a dog, it goes to your butt and sniffs it. You haven't seen dogs? It's like, it's like shaking hands. It's weird to you. It's not weird to them. When you are not used to spiritual things, a lot of things are weird. Why are they weird? They are weird because you. You're coming from somewhere. Let me be nice. But to the spiritual realm, you are weird. You're the strange creature who does not know normal things. You don't act normally. An example could be people are worshipping. Praising God, like when I just walked in, whatever, I, I didn't hear words. And you give me Colossians 3 verse 16, Ephesians. Also, um, you know, and you come in and you say, what are they even singing? Why does it sound like a chant like this? How come it doesn't sound like, you know, something that makes sense? Shouldn't they be saying specific words that someone is hearing? How many of you used to think like that before? No, if you open your mouth to sing, let it be real words. But the problem is that 1 Corinthians 14 says that you should sing in the spirit and also sing with your understanding. He says you should sing in the spirit. It actually says you should sing. He did not say you should only speak or pray in the spirit. He said, sing. Chapter 14, verse 15. What then shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my mind. 
Do you agree that singing with the spirit is different from singing with the mind? Is this man saying that he's mindless when he's singing in the spirit? It's heavy in your mouth. Okay, go and interpret it however you like. But he distinguishes between doing something with his mind and then he contrasts it with doing something in the spirit, which obviously would seem to infer that at that time it's not exactly with his mind. His mind is not involved. So for those of you that can that only live in the realm of the mind, pity. You're not in the spirit. You're not a spiritual person. You only dwell in the mind realm. The problem is that every human being on earth has a mind. They all can do what you're doing. So what makes you unique? You are ordinary. Is this clear? You are ordinary. You only do things with the mind. So let's sing a song of sixpence. Pocket full of rye. Sing now. Four and twenty blackbirds baked in a pie. When the pie was ready, the birds began to sing. Wasn't that a dainty dish? This place before the queen or the king. The king. Uh, how, oh, you don't know, right? Okay. Give me the one you know. Oh, let's stop. Hey, they are here. They are amongst us. Careful, don't do anything that triggers those that batch of people. <laughs> do not have peace here. <laughs> I try to avoid all these examples. Okay. If you do something with your mind, everybody knows Mary had a little lamb. A little no, these are rhymes, and they, you might say, No, that's not very sensible. Okay, okay. Uh, have you heard how much you are selling uh, uh, crayfish in a bag now? Ah, yes. Do you know the other day my auntie went, Your mind can be engaged, you recollect things, you say, This happened, and that led to this. You know, my auntie that buys that thing straight from Oron said that the women. That their husbands bring it in, the men bring and they collect and sell. They said that the Cameroonian government is causing trouble and they shouldn't come near. This is an illustration before you leave here and go and say at home without saying any funny thing. None of what I'm saying is real, please. Okay, so and they say something. You say, huh, I think we should just rush and buy crayfish and dry. They said that by the end of this month. I just pray the illustration is not real either. Yeah, God. If the illustration is real, like happens many times, it's because my mind is not involved. The spirit does things without the mind sometimes. It doesn't follow the mind. It doesn't have to. It can work hand in hand with the mind, but it can operate without the mind's involvement at all. It can, your mouth can say things that didn't pass through your mind. In any way. The mind is of God. That's why he can pray with the spirit. Or no, he can pray with his mind. And speak. 
We can pray with the mind and sing with the mind. We can. We can pick a song we all know. Oh, we don't know. Holy, holy. Every song I'm thinking about, somebody does not know. Give me a simple dumb one song. Well done. Aha, everybody's in trouble. God will make a way. You know, your family has been through things. <laughs> now, you know that one. Your, your singing along with me doesn't need your spirit at all. It needs your mind, your memory. You bring back your emotions, if you like that song. Your ability to assess quality. That tune is really nice. This, that. Now, that doesn't mean the song wasn't inspired by the Holy Spirit. But after he got it and presented it to you and you heard it, you heard it song at different times. Any unbeliever can sing it. Anybody on earth can sing that song. A Muslim can love that song. Anyone can. You only need your mind to be able to sing it. But if you want to go to the other dimension that is possible for you to do things from, you need to come from the spirit. If you despise the things of the spirit, go and read First Corinthians 2. Look for the message uh, series I preached. I, I don't think it was one message. Uh, the natural versus the spiritual man. Uh -huh, natural, yes. The wisdom series, natural versus spiritual. Go and listen to the teaching on from First Corinthians chapter one and two, especially. Listen to it. The series. It's online, right? Yes, it's on our website. It's on uh, our website. Go there. You see. Get the audio. Natural versus spiritual wisdom. Very important. You hear things that will blow your mind. Very different. I think it's a series from 20, 2017. 2017. Okay. So, if you haven't heard it, please do. It will save me a lot of work right now. Or if you're here, you don't have to download it from the website. You can ask and it can be copied in a folder for you for free. Natural versus spiritual man. Now, the, so you're not the natural man. That's the Sukikos man, the man of the soul. He, he doesn't need the spirit to do things. And all of us have the natural dimension. We all do. We don't need the spirit to pick up this microphone and go. Praise God. Now, to pick this mic doesn't mean you have to say praise God. You may pick it to say, hello, can everyone settle down? We're about to start our first session today. Today we'll be discussing money and the coming apocalypse. Second session will be chaired by the first by Elon Musk, the second by Bill Gates, the third by <coughs> Warren Buffett. Second session will be on the pharmaceuticals and the impending doom. And that you have, your brain is enough to hear what they are saying and engage. You don't need the spirit. You don't need the Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm so full of the Spirit, I understood everything he said. Don't be ridiculous. You didn't need the Holy Spirit to understand what he said. Is this clear? The things of the spirit are spiritually discerned. That means you must have spiritual discernment of some sort within you. It's not a natural thing. Some people say, no, me, I, I hear pure unbelievers say things like, me, I always discern. I'm like, you do what? You blind bat. You deceit, deceit, deceit. 
You serving, you do what you do nothing of the sort. You don't even have the equipment to descend. So you always descend. No, no, me, I can you see the in okay. It's a gift. I have this gift. I'm not saying there might be some lingering prophetic sprinkling from however I came that can make you sense something of the spirit realm. But that doesn't mean you know right from wrong. Good from evil. You can embrace evil. You see people, I, I mean, I've heard people say they can discern. They run away from every good church to every bad church. They run from clean pastors to juju pastors while descending. They say, as I sat there that first day, I just, my spirit, which, that dirty spirit, which spirit? Your spirit that is unsaved, full of death, sinning actively, which spirit? A dead spirit will not like a clean spirit or a living one. So it's drawn to those that are like it. So you need more than your natural man to be able to discern the truth about spiritual things. Okay? The challenge is that the spirit realm is not like this realm. So, back to my example. Colossians 3, and then Ephesians 5, verse 18 or 19. Let the word of Christ dwell, richly dwell in you, within you, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs what on earth are spiritual songs the psalm was it not a spiritual song the hymn was it not to god which one is a spiritual song on top of the psalm and hymn ephesians 5:19. speak to one another with psalms hymns and spiritual songs sing and make music where in your heart to the Lord. In your heart. The music you're making is in your heart. And it is to the Lord. Why? Because God is, John 4, God is a, verse 24, God is a spirit and his worshippers must worship him in spirit and in truth. You can't just worship God in your mind-based. <laughs> Is it not true? Is the God not good? Uh -huh, now. God will make a way. He will. Where there seems to be no way. Your mind can appreciate that and say that. But what about the fact that he is a spirit and you're to worship him in spirit. What language does spirit speak? English? French? Therefore, you must be willing. And the scriptures tell us about people speaking in the spirit. In 1 Corinthians 14, God read it and it tells you that when you pray in the spirit or speak, that people don't understand you. You don't even understand yourself. So if I stand here and begin to speak in Igbo, someone will understand me, you will understand me. For those who have a question about, but the Bible did say that when they spoke in tongues, people understood. Because First Corinthians 13 tells you, though you speak with tongues of men 
or of angels. There's at least two kinds of languages. The ones men speak different languages. If I spoke Swahili here, you wouldn't understand it. If I spoke any of the thousands of languages on earth, you wouldn't understand most of them. So how would you know that's not one of those languages I'm speaking? It's only those who speak that language can, that can say, Ah, when we say, Ribarito raro satida, you must have run through the whole earth and presented to every language. And they said, it's not a language. Because it may be someone's exact language. And I may have said, the almighty God, he is the most powerful in perfect Ribadi language. You don't know. So shut up and sit in the corner. Very simple. It's not complicated. Don't let people confuse you. You know, all right, obviously there's someone here that someone has been trying to confuse. You have no excuse. Now, because your question is answered. There's the tongue of angels too. It's not, that's a tongue of men. And there are thousands of them. Then there's tongues of angels. And Paul said, even if you speak the tongue of angels, how can you know the tongue of the angel? Who are you? That's why you need a gift of interpretation of tongues. First Corinthians 12. It, there's a gift called interpretation of tongues that can help you understand human languages you don't know. And that can help you understand angelic language you don't know. There are languages you don't know. Are you understanding this? So do not presume upon a spiritual thing. Because spiritual things are spiritually discerned. In its spiritual capacity to discern them. I, no matter how spiritual I am or how long I've been a Christian, I do not automatically understand every spiritual thing. I need the help of the Spirit to discern it. Sometimes it may be immediate. Sometimes it may take hours, minutes, hours, days, months, even years before discern. Oh, that's what this means. And the Spirit opens your eyes and gives you the ability to understand what is happening. Is this clear? God is spirit. So try to connect with him at this level. He says you should sing and make melody in your heart. In your heart. When someone is on the earth, he says singing spiritual songs. What is this man saying just now? Here is he my way? Get out of here. Hey, no, because you're a natural man. Why should he be saying that? Now, if I'm to press it, if I keep closing my eyes now and I keep singing that song now, it's enough for how do you know it's of the Spirit? Because the Spirit of God will descend on this place and begin to do things. No, 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 no. Now, there are those, you're from the place where they say, no, you can never just start. It has to be God. It has to come in like a freight train. Oh, like a Mack truck. Yeah. Hit you. Boom. Then you're not being in control of yourself. Then you just find your mouth. Then it's the spirit of God. If the thing no jam you, you fall. No be God. 
That's a level of understanding too, and it's not true. It's not true. No, I only speak in the spirit. I only pray in the spirit. Yes, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, but it's only when the spirit of God comes on me. When maybe they are praying, the place is hot in the spirit, and sometimes physically too. <laughs> Who knows what might be affecting your mind? <laughs> Oh, that's the only time I find myself. You know, when I started, I was here. When I opened my eye, I was there. The other end of the room. That's the only version. You prefer that one? Me, I don't. I prefer the one where I'm fully conscious of where I'm standing. So I don't drag with God. I'm like, God, you want me to say, okay, can we do it here? Don't want something carrying me. Boom, ba, boom, ba. Like Tom and Jerry. Movement. Uh, I'd rather be conscious of myself to a degree. Now, so the things of the spirit are fully allowed. You can do something with your mind fully there. And you can do something with the spirit. As you learn the ways of the spirit, you can learn to cooperate with the two. Getting from the spirit. Saying it. With your mind. You collect from here, you give it here. You collect from here, you deliver it here. That's the best. You're transitioning between realms. Okay? God is spirit. If I stay only in the mind realm, that means I'm only in the human realm. If I stay in the mind and the spirit realm, that means I can cross over from the spirit realm, or the mind realm, the natural realm, to the spirit and collect the things of the spirit and cause it to manifest here in the flesh in the natural realm and isn't that a great blessing shouldn't you prefer to be spiritually amphibious who doesn't know what an amphibian is anymore because some people have not been taught some have forgotten an amphibian is an animal that lives on land and water like a frog it is better to be amphibious than to be only earthbound or marine life. You can only be in one. When they bring you out on land, you're like a fish out of water. You're dying slowly. With time, you die. Or you're like us. They throw you inside water. <laughs> Which one is better? To be able to be here and be here and in all realms you are alive. You are in a difficult situation in this earth. Things are tough. You can check out into the spirit realm. Father, I come to you. On earth it's painful. This is what the servants of God, the martyrs of God, those that have been persecuted greatly, this is what they must know. Why many Christians these days, you can get away with being only operating on one version of Christianity is because interpretation of them. Something never do you yet. It's because nothing has happened to you. If events have occurred to you in this world, that's why some ignorant natural people say, no, you're just leaning on spirituality as a crutch. Is it wrong to use crutches when you're crippled? What's your problem with crutches? But it's not even true. 
The person who knows and understands what I just told you has the ability. They can be in prison. They can be tormented in the midst of it. There's all sorts of stories of people being in the most terrible situations. In the midst of it, they are they could close their eyes and they're smiling. They've left your realm. They've gone over to the spirit realm. Because they have access. Except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom. Except a man be born of God and spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom. These people have known how to enter. Even though they are here. So they could be suffering here. Did you ever read Corrie Ten Boom's story? The hiding place. If you haven't read it, read it. Corrie Ten Boom. And she talks about how they took them to a concentration camp. And her sister... And they torment them 3 a.m. in the snow. His, her sister got so sick, her skin changed to yellow. Her older sister, who was a very spiritual young lady, you know, suffering so much. And she was there and all that. And the sister would be encouraging her. She would be so angry, so bitter. And her sister would have such a sweet spirit, would be smiling in the most unbelievable torments. Go and read the book. You want to understand. Unbelievable tortures and suffering. But the truth of the matter is that the God who is spirit would probably in summary just lift her over into that side. And she'll be there. That's how someone can be sitting there and then close your eyes. Not even close your eyes and you're smiling or just walk. Yes, you better learn to be amphibious. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make here. Learn to be amphibious. You better learn to be amphibious. If you operate only in the mind realm, you have a lot of regrets in this world. Even people that don't know Jesus or worship him know the importance of the spirit realm. Then you, you're a Christian. I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm born again. And how do you worship God? With your mind only. No. You better worship him in spirit. And if you think you're going to stay fully in the flesh and worship God in spirit, you have not been paying attention with your mind to what you're reading in the Bible. Pay attention to the scriptures. So you must know the spirit realm. You must learn to preach. When you do things in the spirit realm, people will think you are weird in some way. In this Nigeria, it's even good. Nobody really thinks anybody's weird. What do you go do when they thought saying are weird? What? What can you do in this country? <laughs> in the in the churches of Nigeria, they expect. I mean, whoa! <laughs> I look at them and say, "This is crazy. How dare? Why should you put sand in water and give someone to drink? Don't you know appendicitis? Why? Do, why what? What do do? you take oil and make some pour down someone's throat? Is it possible God could say, "Listen to me, olive oil." Real olive oil is very good for the health. The problem is the thing sold in small bottles for 500 naira can never be olive oil. It's not possible. Olive oil is too costly to be 500 naira in that bottle or 1,000 or whatever. No, 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 no. So that is not olive oil. That is ordinary oil mixed with a chemical which is often dangerous. Who here ever had oil put into their eyes and it hurts you terribly? Painful, cost you. Some people it will even cost you problems for a good while. I'm going to ask again because this is these are not the hands. Some of you don't speak English in the evening. 
I am saying, which of you here had olive oil, so-called olive oil, poured into your physical eyes here, and it caused you a lot of pain? Raise your hand. Now watch now. Uh, you see the difference? When you explain in English like that. Why it hurts you amongst other things? Because that's not olive oil. It's ordinary oil with a chemical. That chemical is not safe. It stops the oil from congealing. So that's what's in your eye. That's how they even spoil people's eyes. Or people drink it and start to react. It's not spiritual reaction, it's physical. You're physically reacting to pain. Mm. They poisoned you. Fact. No, that's not spiritual. I look at people do all this. And I'm like, what is all this? I wish we just stop this. And they do many other. Oh yeah, time to educate the pastor briefly. Yes, tell me some of the weird stuff. Many of these prayer houses and types do. Yes, raise your hand. You can break anything you like on the road. Leave that side. Don't talk about oil. Other things. Like sand in water. Drink that. I don't know what that does. But yes. A handful of salt. Whoa. Have you found your tongue yet? Wow, that, that. Just anything to torment you. Yes. So lots of salt. Is, is this the only touch of Nigerian churches have come? Rolling on the floor, back and forth. Yes, I, I have seen that one. You roll back and forth. What is this supposed to do again, sir? They didn't tell you. Okay. So they put us in a room, and then it was all night. I don't know, they call it Maya and Ibibio. And then they had us drink a large quantity of it. Kennel oil. And well, Kennel turned to black. Then he said it was for deliverance or something, but I didn't sleep well throughout the night. People were puking in other rooms. Some had to defecate in their different rooms. People were vomiting. Yes, sir. Defecating. Yes, sir. Those are their demons living. Okay, sorry. Oh, that is just sad. Yes, educate me, please. This is where I learned a lot of things. So I will know what to preach. So they gave us kings and they said we should flop the devil. He was in the ground. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of that one. I heard that one at least. You enjoyed it, Abby. My hand was paining me. Oh, oh. And they said you should keep beating Till the devil. The king yes. finishes. Sorry. <laughs> I wasn't involved. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Who is writing my list for me? Please, list of weird stuff that. So one of my cousins, she was trusting God for a child, and <laughs> when she went to see the prophetess, so they swept the church and put it inside the water, and the lady now poured her saliva into <laughs> and asked her to drink. Yeah. <sighs> Why are you shouting? Did she do it in secret? Was it in secret? It's not a secret. Why are you shouting? It's not like she was doing her wickedness in secret. It's open. The church members will be there saying, mm, Praise God. <laughs> oh, my God has suffered. 
For people who are looking for the fruit of the womb, they'll ask children to, you cook for children, and then they'll ask the children to eat with their hands. You put it in a tray, most times jollof rice, and then they'll use their hands and rub it all over your body from your head to your feet. Plantain too, plantain too. They will tell us to buy broom and then use the broom to, you know, sweep your room. And with the belief that when you sweep your room, you are sweeping your problems, problems and uh, all those things. So now maybe you need to sweep your room. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So they would ask you to like run, that you should run, that something is pushing, you should run to like, you should run to like the junction and run back and go and hide under the table. When you come and hide under the table. Okay. Okay. Is that that run didn't end well? Like what? They told us to write the names of the people in our families or anywhere that maybe they are holding our progress or anything. So you write them on the sheet of paper. So you knew the people. <laughs> okay. And then they said by twelve o'clock in the night we will wake up and then we will burn that paper. Then after that, our problem are finished. Once they told everyone in church to spin around. So, yes, like to spin. So I remember me and faster, my Faster, faster, faster. Yes, yes. So I remember me and my friends, we spun till after. Me, I and my friends, we spun till. Spun. We spun, sorry, till we felt like throwing up. And most people fell down, so it was more like as if anointing was moving. Yes. <laughs> ah! Please, anytime power is not moving normally, someone should remind me of this thing. Tata, you, you. Yes. Okay, this one was very horrible. It was my neighbor back in the village. So there was a particular time she invited a a woman of God to come and pray for her and her family. Hey, so-called woman of God. Yes. <laughs> so, that evening, she asked my mom to bring us also. So when they brought us, all of a sudden, the woman said, hey, the woman of God, the so-called woman of God, said, the three children was, they have this demon, very, very big, very tight. And the only thing to to break the chain between the both of them is the them and the demon is to cut their finger. So the three children they they roasted the finger on a stove and remove this particular finger. So the three of them see today they don't have this. <laughs> and, and actually when my when my mom witnessed it she just she just draws slowly out of the, <laughs> out of the room. <laughs> Hold on, few questions. Sorry, oh, God, forgive him, me. They cut it. Yes. After after they owned the stove, they had to put their finger there and hold the woman. Their, the 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 woman of God hold the children's mouth. And after the thing, the finger was as if it was getting burnt, so she removed it and cut it with a kitchen knife. Oh God! 
Please never say one of God. Don't want to tell a story like that. Yeah. Okay, oh, mine. There are two that really got like was so weird. Number one is um about you know you have an issue and they have to appease some buy some whatever asking you to bring biscuits, mineral things some like dainty. that uh, for them to you know leave you alone for issues to be over. Another one was um once in upon a time. Oh, well done. So you brought biscuits. <laughs> yes, uh, actually my parents. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So they have to bring all those things, even plantain. And one of them that got me by a bishop had to tie me a white stuff, things like that. It was so weird. But I couldn't resist it, being that I was. He tied a white tied cloth. Tied me a white cloth, yeah. All of that. So another one that was so weird was in a church where this pastor said we should bring broomstick, a single broomstick. Then we brought it to the church. Then after a while, we he, I think he paid or something. Then he asked us to put the broomstick under our carpet in our room. That is going to chase out every spirit, like of everybody. So when I go home, I was looking at the broom. How is this thing going to pursue demons? How is it going to? It was like, I didn't. All right. All right. This way. Okay, after this, one, two, three, four. That's all. Okay. Bye. So, um, the told my mom to come to this place in Abia State and then they told them to work on a farm and then told them <laughs> Well working on a farm results in food. That's... And then they told them to weed and plant some stuff. So if you see a snake in the bush or centipede or millipede you are and you should kill it because like you're killing like the demons or the things that are disturbing <laughs> It's Jesus' disciples. It's Jesus' disciples. Yeah. Well, in my church, they put a tray of food, like rice and stew. Not that it was not sweet, it was sweet. <laughs> so, all the after the church, all the children in the church ate it. Like they said, we should wash our hands in a bowl and eat it. After eating it, actually, they said that they were celebrating a, a girl's birthday. A girl, um, one, one choir mistress was celebrating uh -huh. her daughter's birthday. Uh -huh. So after we ate with our hands, she said that we should not go and wash our hands. We should rub it. That she, she moved the girl's clothes, uh, except her pants. She said she should rub it all over the girl's body. After we rub it, now she, she wear her clothes, but girls in her body was peppering her. Mom said that when you get home, you bath that. You should leave it. That you should just leave it like that. Okay, so that's connected. But the girl can't want to have a child at this age, right? Okay, I saw, I saw her. Yes, then this two. Mm. <laughs> Mine, they asked me to give, is it 11,007? <laughs> <laughs> I like that method. <laughs> they asked me to give money, but they times it by like times seven. seven. But it was, it was, I don't, I can't remember. Seven, seven, oh, no, it wasn't up to 77,000, but it was a very big question. That, then I was still working. That, and they saw HIV in, <laughs> in me. <funny>. Yes. <laughs> that is not physical, it's spiritual. <laughs> that the spiritual one to not manifest as physical. That after that, after paying that money, they gave me salt to bat with the salt so that the HIV aid, the spiritual HIV aid will, will get me seen. So that you, was my... You gave the money? Yes, sir. <laughs> mm. 
Okay, so the first one is like um, the story of my friend, my very close friend. So um, her mom would always take her from one um, prayer house to another for them to do all kinds of deliverance. But this was the particular one that struck me. So um, this particular man of God, in quotes, told her mom that they need to dig the ground, like, you know, six feet by a coffin, and then they'll put her inside and cover the coffin. And then they'll pray for her. And then they'll bring her out because they've seen the spirit of death. You know, they need to, something about deliverance from spirit of death and all. So her mom that was used to carrying her from one prayer house and after she heard this one, she said, no. <laughs> she cannot do. And then my auntie. So um, she was looking for a husband. Like, <laughs> get my point. She, she, she's not still married though. So um, this particular prayer house, they told her that it's because her face has been covered. So she should go and buy fresh coconut, like the the insect. Oh, I don't know how to say fresh, the, the fresh young, one. Young. Okay, the young one in here. And so when they brought it now, they now broke the coconut, poured the water, and told her to use it to wash her face. She's still not married though. And then um, another one was okay. Is my neighbor? So this woman is very. I don't. <laughs> I don't. She's to say she's very fetish. So the, she she always goes from one prayer house to another. So this particular prayer house, she was experiencing things falling on her roof once it's 12 o'clock in the night. So, <laughs> so the, after she went for counseling and came back, um, I went to buy something and then I saw this brand new gong, like wooden gong in her. So I was like... <laughs> so I was like... Ah, a see, gong. A gong, like a wooden gong. So I was like, ah, see, Adam, like, what is it for? She not said, hmm, that... That uh, that you found a solution for a problem that happened for a kissy complaint. <laughs> okay, that all those things she's complaining about. That finally her that she has found the solution. So she was told that everyone is twelve o'clock in the night like this spam. She just stand up and start, you know, hitting the gun round inside her room, round and round until it's like maybe say around one or two. So I remember asking her, like, because I noticed she wasn't using the gun anymore, and I asked her, she said <laughs> <laughs> that did not work. And then... The, hmm, the witches refused to leave. They refused to go. She even went and got... They gave her a leave as well. There was this leave that they said, uh, when you keep it at the four corners of your room, the witches cannot come and press in the night. But they were still pressing her. And then the last one... Yeah. Oh, not the last. Then my friend told me about um, her auntie. So she went there with her auntie for a particular season because of school and all. So this particular day, she not understand what was going on. She saw the um, the priestess in court. She came and her auntie was. They had bought fruit, like <laughs> plenty fruit, and they had chopped it into tiny, tiny pieces. And so she was asking auntie, "What do they want to do for?" She said, "Don't worry, that they want to pray for the house." So when uh, the priestess and her gang they came. <laughs> you know these people <laughs> in a bit to because it was a new house so in a bit to like should I say um, dedicate the house or something like that they were throwing the fruit like incense or I don't call it all over the house entered her room they sprinkled it like literally everywhere and she was not to do anything about like on her bed everywhere the whole house was crawling with like, ants were just crawling everywhere and she was not to touch it for days <laughs> And then finally, the last one that I I don't like, the last but not least, the hmm. <laughs> particular pastor, well, a man of God in quotes, he, I think a boy was sick and he had to deliverance for the boy, so he had to, you know, he 
he had to sweat and then he now I don't know how to say it. He now um poured all his like I don't know how to explain. Collected it. his collected sweat. his sweat, yes, into um, a, a, a cup and uh-huh, mixed with water and asked the boy to drink for deliverance to happen. I don't know if he was delivered. No, he had demons after that. Call it, uh, finally. Okay, so a so-called man of God once asked me to drink a bottle of sniper to deliver me from spirit of suicide. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. For who doesn't know what sniper is? It's a poison. Sniper is a poison. Why do you still raise your hands? I said this way. Don't raise your hands again. Thank you. God bless you. So we will not spend the whole night listening. Please send those your stories on your WhatsApp group. We will read it there. Now, who remembers how I started talking about spiritual things being weird? Why I asked for these illustrations, I wanted to show you examples of the ones that are not spiritual things. <laughs> but I'm saying Nigerians, you're so used to nonsense that it's not even strange to you. Hey God, have mercy. These are scary stories. <clears throat> Can I say this? One of the reasons you know this is not the Holy Spirit, because these people do these same things over and over again. It's not, it's not a unique thing. They do it over and over again. But second, there's, there's all sorts of things involved that kind of... Okay, punching someone in the stomach who has a cancer at the leading of the Holy Spirit. How do you know God told him to do it? The person got healed. Do you understand? Yes, sir. The person got healed. Spirit Wigglesworth was brought someone on a trolley. They said he has cancer or a disease. He's sick in his stomach. In his hospital gown, the brother from the hospital, the sisters, a man. Spiegel's what said, so well, where, where is it? They say his stomach. The guy was lying down. He punched him. Bam! The guy went, Ugh. You know, he looked, and the sisters went, he's dead. He's dead. And, uh, <coughs> Point. The sisters ran out and called the police at once. You know America, uh, U, uh, UK. They ran out and called the cop. They, they just ran straight. You killed him! Police! Police! By the time the policeman came, he saw the guy was jumping around. Unfortunately, this hospital gun with the back open. They said the guy was jumping around. <laughs> the point is proven in the result. When you say these things, or like the examples people gave, and it doesn't produce the result, even if it produced some seeming results, later on, many of these things lead to greater problems. But these are the clearest signs that it was not God. If Jesus made mud from his spit and put in the blind man's eye, and the man is still blind till now, nobody needs to explain anything to you. Nobody discussed. You notice that nobody talked about Jesus using spit. All they were talking about is, are you sure this man was blind? Nobody went into discussing the method because they understood that God can use any method. God is God. What you think is normal is not necessarily normal with God. Remember, God is a spirit. What God 
sees or what God is attempting to do when he says, do this or do that. In the spirit realm, your acts of obedience to him, you can't see, but as you obey him, angels are released. As you obey him, it has to be him. But there are things you know it can't be him. There are things you know can't be him. The Lord can't tell you that this is a man, a grown man. You're a grown young lady. He says, bait her. Let her remove her clothes. Then you, 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 he uses soap and rubs his hands all over you. The, why would the Lord ever say a thing like that? Are you his wife or his young daughter? You have no business doing a thing like that. There's no, you won't even bet your own sister that is grown. So why would you do it to someone? That can't be, there are things, you say it's weird, but there's immoral. God won't tell you to do immoral things. Many years ago, a young lady was speaking to me in my office about how he, man said, oh, and told the mother, wait here at night, and told the young lady outside, and beat her with an egg, too, and something. And then slept with her in his bathing. And then brought her back. The mother is here in the third building. All sorts of craziness people do. That's deliverance. What deliverance? It cannot be deliverance. You know, you guys do need to spread the gospel to imagine the ignorance. And you again, 90 something percent of your stories were your personal stories. You weren't telling about someone. You were talking about things that happened to you. You're saying, they told us, they told me, they told us, told us. You went through that, educated, you went through that. So imagine the uneducated. Weird does not mean stupid. That Jesus took, touched a dumb man's tongue with spit. And the tongue opened and the man began to speak. Isn't that the proof? Or the example I gave, that I shook a tiny drop of water from a bottle. And the guy got healed of a venereal, a sexually transmitted disease that he had had for months or years. The proof is in what follows. That God told you to do something strange. Usually means something strange is about to happen. And it's showing you, you see, even though it's strange, I can make strange things happen. Your obedience will attract my favor. But when they tell you to do strange things as a habit, okay, come and eat food, get children to rub their hands all over you. What is strange about that? This is something you keep doing. Question for those who ask, is it possible God ever told someone to do that? It's possible. Then you adopted it and copied it as a format. In the past, I've heard someone tell me about, they take a chicken and beat it, a young chicken, beat all over you till the poor chicken dies. From being beaten like, like that. They use it and rub all over the person while shaking the pot. Probably dies from breaking his neck. No chicken rights. Kiss it. Say they are transferring something. Look at that one they talk about burying, putting somewhere in a coffin. Once you kill the girl by association, they say, oh, that spirit has carried. Meanwhile, the man just sacrificed the child. 
Now they are the ones where they don't put the coffee. I've heard, you know, they, that's it's a common thing I've heard. They say they're swapping the soul. They dig like a coffin and they put a human being, then they bring in a goat or something and kill, cut his throat. Nonsense. Those are rituals. Those are not weird prophetic things. Those are rituals. I had a white man, a preacher, say he went to preach somewhere, he was walking out, and someone said, thank you, preacher. He didn't know the guy at all. They invited him to preach there. As he's walking out, they said, thank you, preacher. And he waved to the person. Yeah, God bless you. And then he said, let's see, he find himself running towards the guy. The guy is a prophet. Runs towards the guy. And pushes him over, knocks him over, lifts him and hits him on the ground. And he's hitting him. Bang, 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 bang. And saying something. You only allow what happens in your life. It's only you that allows it. Blah, blah, blah. This and that. You're, you ought to fight back something, something. Just said it. And when he, he said, when the thing lifted, he, the preacher said, oh God. Oh, you're going to arrest me. Oh, I'm finished. They didn't arrest him. Nothing like that happened. The point this years later, so I saw a clip where the man he hit on the ground was talking about it. He talked about it and he got that man to talk. And the summary of what the man said was that this preacher wouldn't have known, this prophetic preacher that was invited to their church could not have known that he was someone who had been in prison, who had, if I'm getting the story right, he had been a prisoner, he had committed crimes, he was a bad guy, he had just come out of prison some time before, you understand? And different things. And God had been telling that guy who had tried to give his life to Christ to change his ways that the things that happened. So this preacher was acting out what the guy already knew. Now, the preacher does not know, but the fellow knows. And it's very weird. How can you pick something more and hit on the ground and start hitting them? But for the person it happened to, it was the most accurate way of getting across to him. Are you understanding? And God, the Spirit of God, knew to do that. All you hear, you know, so another person talked about a woman, a man sitting in the crowd, sitting there, and then he walks over and takes his mouth and puts it over the man's ear and gives his mouth to. Like, this is a grown man on a grown man. Like, what on earth? His ear, he's like, as if he wants to eat the ear, but he's drawing it, you know, he's not, he's not hurting him, but imagine how this in a crowd of. Now that's weird. But the funny thing is the man sitting down starts crying. And now he doesn't know what he's like, oh God. You know, kill me. <laughs> the summary is that the man says that this thing, this prophet just did, that his wife, who had been coming for the meetings earlier on, the man was not born again. The wife got off, you know got born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit and was speaking in a new tongue and had been, and she, he said, when his wife enters the bed at night, and she has been doing that thing, this man just did, taking his ear in her mouth, and while speaking thought to be doing this funny thing and the, you know white man, now, he's just like okay <laughs> alright, this is my wife so when this preacher did the same thing that has happened in bed at night he knew that God sees him everywhere. Like it's not possible. How could he? No, and that's how he got born again. That's how, do you understand? Remember, by the fruit. 
What was the result of this weird thing? Was it healing? Was it salvation? Was it forgiveness? Was it restoration? Are you understanding? That's what that's why Jesus said by Matthew 7. He said, Beware of false prophets who come to you. And he says that they are wolves in sheep clothing. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Verse 16. By their fruit you will recognize them. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Alright? So, what was the result? If it's a true prophet of God, he didn't say by their acts, you shall know. He said by the fruit. He didn't say by the weird thing. The fruit is not the action. The fruit is the result of their actions, of their message. Of Is this clear? This is how you know the difference between a prophet sent by God and one not sent by God. It's not by magical. There are those who seem to do fantastic things, even healings. But the fruit they produce is not the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, mercy, humility, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. They don't produce that. They produce bad fruit. People leave them and they are very proud, very cocky, very disrespectful, very dishonoring. Very, you know, they produce bad fruit. When they produce bad fruit, you can know that no, this is not as a result of something or someone God sent. If the fruit is good, then the tree is good. When you go read the rest of that, he said, you know the tree by its fruit. That you can't say it's a good tree. And the fruit is bad and vice versa. So when the result of so-called prophetic ministry is bad, bad, bad. People vomiting and stooling. Not because you prayed. You can pray for people. See, the times I've prayed for people generally and they vomited or stool. Typically, typically, I'm not touching them. So it's not, you can't say it's because you gave them something to drink. Do you understand? When you induce vomiting, induce whatever, you induced it now. But if you are praying for someone, the person only and throws up. Then you you know the spirit realm has hit the physical, yes? Uh -huh. That's completely different from you taking one physical mighty bottle of mayan. Black oil, kernel oil, you know, and forcing down someone's throat. There must be a reaction. It's not demonic. It, there must be a reaction. And all those people that do those things are like spiritual hooligans. Pure. They are, I don't want to say charlatans. Hooligans. They are like, like uh, crooks, arm robbers in, uh, in spiritual things. Very dangerous people. Very dangerous. The type that go to juju priests and co collect pure juju. And if they find, they will collect it and use it and say, receive and you fall. If they can find, it's because they can't find so they use physical means. Anything to appear powerful so they can collect money from you. That's all. And we know that how can you be sent by God? How can you be of God if you are doing that? So if all your... Jesus said you can't serve God and mammon or money. You can't. So those people are not servants of God. They are servants of their belly of money. They will do anything. That other woman that cut off those children's fingers, that was like a witch. 
pure witch. That's just like witch. Uh, and all of that. All of that is, none of that weird we mentioned is God-led weird. That's not God leading them to do a weird thing. That is some crazy practice that they've gotten used to sweep the whole church, a whole dirty place. And then you spit into it and make someone drink. For what? Some of them is not that hidden. For some of them is not that hidden. Some of them are openly into witchcraft. They openly go to evil sources. And those demons tell them evil things to torture, torment people with. And ignorant people do what they say. As usual, what will Pastor Ita say? Abi, you won't read Bible. Abi, you won't read your Bible. Don't read your Bible. Walk around suffering. All of you that have parents that do stupid things. Write it if they don't listen. If you start talking and they start shouting, write it as a letter. Say, Mommy, Daddy, I will never follow you to any place. They do which Why? Because they go and put demons on you. And people like us have to come and cast it out. Why are they doing it? Not because they hate you. They are ignorant. So when you make your child do... That one about eating rice, I don't really care about that. Me too, I like rice. <laughs> so it's not about eating rice. It's the... Okay, rubbing the oil all over the girl's body. Eh, I don't know what the mother... Why? But again... Abi, they say I should clean my hand this method. But if I know what I know, eat the rice, but I won't rub my hand on the girl. That's all. I'll go and wash my hand. If you're a small child and they force you, uh, what can you really do? But if you're a grown up, number one, I won't eat that rice with my hand. What is your problem? That's different if you bring trays of rice here and we don't have spoons. And we say, eh, we are brethren. We wash our hands well and eat it. That's different. It's not condition that is making this crayfish bend. It's uh, some funny belief. Can God ever say someone can do? I think it may be possible. But I don't think you tell you to spit into sand. I don't think you tell you to sweep the ground and give someone to do. I don't think you tell you many, almost everything you mentioned here was, I was listening about here, the one I said, well, God can say that. That could be the spirit of God. But all of them, the fruit, you take a broomstick, put it in your room, you take a gong, a wooden gong and hit it. What was the fruit? Nothing. So isn't that obvious? Typically, when God tells you to do the weirdest things, that's when the answers come the most promptly. Because you obeyed. You obeyed. Last year, we were having this retreat, you know, and uh, one of our sisters, who was now, there was a session where we were just praying for deliverance from demonic oppression, and very many people were knocked over and delivered from so, so many things, you know. And one of those sisters, was there, and they prayed for half a while, and you know, even if some demons seemed to leave, they seemed to be more, and it was a, a tough day, and I had been praying for many people. Thank God I didn't have to lay hands on, but it was, you know, it was general, you know, spoken. And then, at some point, and many people were helping, you know, helping people, still praying, joining hands, forces. At the time, I sensed the Holy Spirit say, you know, so this cup of water, you know, my, just whatever water I have, you know, this is like a flask. It stays cool. And 
So I think it was this, except there was water in a bottle or something else. But it was on the lectern and I was there praying for people. And it came to me. Sprinkle some water on her. And that's the closest water that was there. With me, it doesn't matter. The few times, few in many years, you know, I may be prompted to either give you water to drink, drink this water. Now, you might consider that word. What has water to do with anything? But again, what has, why did Jesus tell the guy to go and wash? Even after making mud from spit. Was that not weird enough? Why do you have to travel to a, a pool called Salome to, to go and wash? Or Siloam? Because that's what the Spirit was saying. So that's the weird about it. Why don't you just do it the normal way? Why don't I? Why don't I just lay hands that I've laid hundreds, if not thousands of times on people for them to be delivered? Why? Because the Holy Spirit at different times will tell you to do something different. You must learn to listen. And to prove it further, I mean, she's lying with her face flat on the ground. She cannot be seeing anything. And I'm sitting on a stool, and I just turn towards and beckon to someone. I don't speak out. I just point at the cup like this. And the person lying there immediately goes, no, not the water, not the water. How could she, except she has eyes here, here, all over. It wasn't possible. So the demon sees it's obvious because the human being's eyes are tightly shut. They couldn't have seen anything. They are not looking at me. They are face down on the ground. Facing away from me. It shows you that that demon hears the same thing I hear. Remember, the demon is in the spirit realm. The demon is in the spirit realm. Demons are spirits. So they hear water. Sprinkle some water now or something. So what's weird there to me is that why wouldn't God just say lay hands or just rebuke it, all that? That's the kind of weird I mean. Weird in the sense that it's different from the norm. But when it's so different that it tells you to torment people, torture them, poison them, tell you to drink sniper so you can be free of the spirit of suicide. Like he sends for it, she's in the, someone invites her, come, he sends someone. To go and buy it and bring. Says drink this thing. Like let's just wipe you out. Let's help you in that journey you have been trying to carry. But we'll pretend we are helping you. What kind of thing is that? Classic. Demonic. That's what. So either demons told him or he's crazy. I don't know what, what that would mean. There's all sorts of. This is not the good. That's evil weird. Are you hearing me? Then there's good weird. You don't try to be weird. One of the things you find out about people that have to do things for God is you don't enjoy it. You don't want to do it. You would rather not do it. Like what I said at Ken Hagen, praying for that woman three times and just laying hands and nothing happening. Because you, you, you would rather not. I'm trying to think of the weird things I've done. I haven't done many weird things. I'm very happy. But I've had to do a few. But I can't remember them. A few, like, again, simple things. Simple weird. Some people have to do bigger weird. People have been, so someone may be led to walk, travel down to somewhere to go and pray for two minutes, five minutes, and travel back. That's weird. Like, you spent all that money to come. Why, why, why did you have to come? This? Couldn't you pray from where you are? 
God is everywhere. No, God can tell you to do that, and He does. You know, God can tell you to lay hands on a building and pray. By the laying of hands, many things can happen. God can say that. God can say you should shout. God can say you should jump. Aha! Uh-huh. I've said these are things I've done. You know, and I'm, I mean, I'm not 25 years old. When I jump, I I pant. I can get that easily. I don't exercise much. My life is a bit sedentary. You know, but jump. And I'll obey and jump. Whenever I do that, something happens. Whenever I, whenever I, I obey God that way, people get delivered, people get healed. Simple things. Raise your hands. You read our brother's testimony about ganglion, right? I think it was put online, you know, the, the protuberant thing, the growth on his hand. And in the warehouse, I don't know if he told that story well, but he said that pastor said, lift your hands. He just said it. Didn't I say it more than once? Hadn't I said before, and you didn't do it? Uh-huh. Now, it's not that I, I, I do, I, he was new, a bit new, and all that. But I know I said, like you hear me say sometimes, now you lift your hands, because the Bible says that your lifting of your hands should be like a sacrifice to God. So lifting hands in worship to God is an act of honor, just by itself, okay? And it's how I've taught you the preferred way to bless the Lord, as opposed to clapping. The preferred way is to lift your hands. To the Lord, give glory to Him. Just honor, oh, praise God. It's in the Bible. You see it, you know. So that's why I encourage you to do. So we are worshiping the Lord and blessing Him. And I say, as we're singing, you know, hallelujah. I say, lift your hands, your hands to the Lord. And some people, naturally, because everything is a suggestion, even I'm remembering, even, uh, even, What's the last meeting? Sunday? Sunday or Friday? I don't know. You know, and I'll say, lift your hands. Sometimes, most times my eyes are closed. Then sometimes my eyes open and I see people. I see people that like, that probably have issues and they want you to pray or they will come to you some after the meeting and say, please, can you pray for me? What they don't know is that in listening to the Spirit and the Spirit said, lift your hands. If you simply be obeying, I didn't tell you slap someone or eat rub food on someone. What lifting your hands? What's special about that? Is that hard? Uh, just do it. This is one reason why you must understand the things of the spirit. So I remember saying, "Lift your hands." This was two seventeen or so, or eighteen. The meeting went on, and 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 I opened my eyes or something, and I see, and some people's hands are down normal, and I say, "I said, lift your hands, lift it." Now, that testimony he told, who has not read the testimony? Okay, so he had a growth on his hand, a ganglion. You should, you know, you should ask, go to our website, or maybe you see if it's there yet. You know, a big thing like that. And he, he said later that he had gone to the hospital and they said they need 100,000 to do surgery. Now, I didn't know any of that. It was just a normal Wednesday meeting, just like this, you know. And I said, lift your hands. I, did I know? I didn't. Know about his issue or anything, and he lifts the hand during the meeting. That was four or five years ago. So as he's now he's ashamed of that thing, so he tries to cover it, and he doesn't feel anything, and he's wondering what's happening. And the long and short is the thing has disappeared till today. Never, it's flat without anything happening. So the Holy Spirit removes it completely, saves him one hundred thousand naira. I've asked him to bring half. I don't know what he's doing. 
So, <laughs> it disappears completely. There's no special prayer. There's nothing. Oh, I don't know if I prayed any special prayer. I, I didn't know about it. So what's my business in the first place? His humility in okay. You know, I always wonder with the simple things the Holy Spirit says we should do. Why people find it hard to do simple things like lift your hands, wave your hands to the Lord, or and they can buy fruits for the village and chop into pieces and destroy their house. They can remove their clothes. They can drink poisonous substance. They can do all sorts of very hard things, but they can't do nothing. Example, let's sing this song. It's a Bible verse. Learn it. No. I'm going to stand and keep my face like a stool. Nobody can make me sing when I don't sing. They will tell me to cook yam. Yam porridge with a lot of leaves and oil. I'm putting a tray. I'll cook it. What's wrong with you? You have demons. Why do you do the ones that involve great expense, suffering, 77,000? Then simple things like stand to your feet. I want you to pray. Tell the Lord, Lord, help me. And then throughout that time, you, your, your eyes are like an owl. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Don't you know you have problems? You can find 77,000, but you can't pray. Is it me that tell, will tell you you have issues? This one is free. This one requires give God your attention for one minute or two. Mm-mm. So one of our brothers visited us. He had been visiting on and off during that retreat. You know, and, and I said, jump, jump. You know, at the time we were singing, so I said, jump. Again, that's weird. Why should we jump? Well, it's good for your health. Is that good enough? Okay. But that's not why you're jumping. And I'm jumping naturally. I see people around. It's not every time. This is rare. This stuff happens rarely. Whether it's the lifting of your hands. There's a general, let's lift our hands before the Lord. I'm saying that one generally because that one is like saying, let's, the way many churches say, let's clap to the Lord. Mm, it's just, let's honor the Lord. That one is not special. Then once in a while, the Holy Spirit is stressing it to me. It's like the few times it's later in the day and you want to go. And I say, come back. It's rare. It's one out of a five, 1,000 times that I will do that. I won't normally stop you. You can go anytime. But if I do stop you, if you have any sense, you won't go anywhere if you know anything. If I said, come back, you should just go back. Like, take it like God just saved you from whatever. You don't need to know the explanation. Even me, I don't know the explanation. I don't know why I told you to come back. The other 99 times you went out, I don't stop you. So if you learn to understand the things of the Spirit. Now that brother, I remember stopping because I happened to see some people standing. Boom. I know they don't know. I think they think I normally jump as part of my daily regimen of exercise. Doing church meetings at my age. So I stop usually when it's like that and I explain. I say, listen, you don't need to understand. Just do it. Okay? Just just obey. Eh? As long as we are not telling you to do something evil. We are not telling you to flog someone with a broom 
or flog the devil till your hands ache. Just jump. Just even if that's small, you jump. Huh? Do the kangaroo. And the brother jumped with others. And he said, as he was jumping, he saw things. His eyes opened and he saw things falling out of him. Black things. He didn't even believe Christians can have demonic black things disturbing them. But he didn't see it falling from other people. He saw it falling out of his own body. So when he came later and said, as they jumping, I saw things falling out. Again, when you hear me speak and I say, if I give you seven days, three days, you know I've never done any of those things. I don't do it. And that's why I know you don't need to do those things to encounter the power of God. What you're used to is being tormented. We are going to Second Corinthians. What you're doing, you're used to, is torment. That's the language you understand. But all those different things those people gave as examples, did you notice they are all physical things? Huh? It all involves some acts that looks dramatic and consequential, but it had no good consequence, which says God never sent you. If it was truly God, and he says, jump, there will be a result. And naturally in that room, many people experience something supernatural. Do I know? Do I go around asking? I normally don't. Very rarely. Like I just asked how many of you were healed. Now you didn't see me going to ask what were you healed of. Because that happens a lot. It's normal. God doesn't need it to be everyone that wants healing here. Take 5,000 naira. Okay, we are having a healing service tomorrow. Come expect and take a seat. That's what people do. And that's what people are used to. And that's what will make you guys invite your family members and all of that. Because if you're not tormented with what Satan gives you, you can never handle that. Torment must be involved. When God makes it easy and cheap and free and says, take for free, I just want you to just say hallelujah, praise God. Like, I'm going shout stop now. If you should shout and keep quiet. Uh, some of us, we are visiting. We're not used to this shouting. That same person, they will tell him, wake up at night, shout 12 hallelujahs by 12 midnight. He'll be disturbing the whole neighborhood. If it's not extra weird, extreme odd, mm-mm. If it's not like punishment, and to be honest, I'll end with this, this point on this matter. Many of you, those things happen to you. are being punished. So, sorry to tell the truth. Sorry for telling the truth. Mm. Part of it, God is allowing them to do you hard things. Why? Because they've told you be born again properly go to proper church you're not here so drink someone's spit just suffer the little money you don't have hand it all over maybe you have sense free is hard paid for is appreciated may not be so for you in the name of jesus We are at 2 Corinthians. 
you have questions, you ask it at the end. What were we studying last week? We stopped at verse 15, no? 14? We are chapter 10. We stopped at, we end chapter 10. We, to, we continue chapter 11. You remember? I didn't remember. You know, when I come and stand here, I don't usually have a sermon. But I just said that. And I realized it's where we... Now, all of that first part, we've spoken about. All right, you have a question. Raise your hand quickly. Have any question? Quick, take the mic there. If you have a question, don't wait for someone to ask. Then you start talking. All of them are way raised at that time. You didn't raise when I asked. Quickly. Any other question? Let me see your hand. I may not take it. Arising from anything we've already discussed. Okay? Don't be shy. Yes? Okay, sir. I want to ask, what's the balance between how to manage someone who God uses, but they are still living in sin, but the fruit of what they do is right? Did you just say the fruit of what they do? I think I have to refer The gifting. Yes, the gifting. They, the gift they do of. healings and... So... Yes, how do you... But I answered this on Sunday. Lord, Lord. Yes, go and listen to Sunday's message. If you weren't here properly. How you balance it is... We see from their ministry, but kind of from afar. Don't be close to them or you will learn their ways. Let me be... I'm keeping it brief. And practical. The way I say it, and there's some message I preached and emphasized it years ago, is Samson's anointing was from who? From God. But his lifestyle was, was it cool? No, Samson was into women in a way that wasn't too cool. Yes? You shouldn't be Samson's friend. But when Samson kills Philistines, um, we, we don't mind. Yes? We do not mind. Like we can provide intercessory cover. Lord, help him. Lord, help him. Protect him. Keep him alive to fight more battles. Amen. But don't be his friend. You will learn his ways. And that's what has happened to many people. They come in contact with a servant of God who has fallen to sinful ways. Then they are close to them. They are more interested in the gift rather than the fruit of the spirit. And they learn... To focus on the gifting. Power. This, that. They learn to stare the brew of the things of the spirit. Regarding gifts. Gifts are things. Gifts can be. The word gift. Is from give. You can share gifts. The man has a gift of healing. He can lay hands on you and impart a gift of healing. That's why. Again. It's a very popular Nigerian approach to ministry. Find a man of God that is anointed. Rather, what they ought to say is you find a man of God who is gifted. Then you do anything he wants so that he can pass his gifting or part of it to you. He may have gotten this gift while he was humble and obedient and submissive to God. Or he was still struggling with some issues. People think gifts equate fruit. Fruits grow out of something naturally gifts can be placed on something like a christmas tree has gifts placed on it yes you can place gifts on a christmas tree the christmas tree did not grow out gifts it was put on it how do our gifts given major way ask and it shall be 
given. So the number one way people get gifts is because they ask for it. So here someone say, I fasted, I prayed, I sought the Lord, I asked, I asked till I got. It doesn't mean they were the most wonderful child of God. They may have been misbehaving a lot. But they asked, Daddy, please, can you give me that biscuit, that, that red one? Daddy, I found out that the name is Magbitis. Go away, you sir. Daddy, welcome. Daddy, you buy the biscuit. Jesus told you that even the unjust judge, they worried him so much that he, he gave the widow man what she wanted. He said, how much more shall your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? That is, I am better than an unjust judge. So this is what confuses people. You get confused because someone tells you how he sought the Lord insistently for a gift and got it. And you suddenly conclude. That means God does not mind even though you're living in sin as long as you collect gifts. The problem is that when God will discipline and judge you, he will judge you not for your gifts. He knows he gave you. He will judge you based on your fruits. That's what the whole Bible says. Your fruits. What fruits did you produce? So if you are wise, you won't emphasize the gift of any man. Why? You can get that gift from God yourself. Huh? You didn't hear me? If you go to God yourself, he can give you the gift. You don't have to be around a randy pastor. An impure-minded human being for him to lay hands on you. There are those with purer minds. If you like, search and find them. But you don't even need them. You can go to your own father and say, Father, you say I should desire earnestly spiritual gifts. Father, I want, I want. I want a gift to Father, I want the gift of this or that. You can ask, okay? I'm not a very good example. I can teach you about gifts and all that, but I'm not a good example of asking for gifts. Most of the gifts I see in my life, I didn't ask for it. I was too focused on food to ask. So I just, the gifts, maybe that's why I don't, that's why my gifting seem a bit casual. You know, they are not very organized. Right now, I'm going to begin to, you know, I'm not, apart from not learning from or listening to many preachers that talk like that. So it's not my habit. So it's, it's a bit simpler. It appears often natural. It's not as dumb operating in a gift. It seems like gist, you know, normal, and it is gifting at work. So I'm not saying you want to operate that way, even though I think that one is more natural and it's more healthy. So while I focused on fruit, on developing fruits, the father at different times placed gifts in my life. He put gifts there. He put gifts. He put gifts. You know, I had to, he even had to tell me that I should pay attention to the gifts, that I'm not paying attention. The few times I asked him about a gift years ago, many, many years, 20 something years ago, I'll just tell him, Father, I would like words of knowledge and I would like the word of wisdom, you know, to know what to answer, you know, wisdom in my speech. And I would like the gift of healing. That's what I asked him. But not like what I how I hear people ask. I just said I'm past. Not this thing where you stay on and fast and pray. I didn't do any of that. I, I never fast and prayed for any gift. Ever. I can't remember ever. 
being acting desperately. I'm not saying you shouldn't. You should. I think if you do, it will be more. Do you understand? Am I disappointing you? I'm the man of God who disappointed you. Who did not take the throne of heaven by force. And shake the foundation until I almost uprooted it. And God said, give him, give him before he pulls us down. I'm sorry. I apologize for not being desperate about gifts enough. The Bible says I should desire earnestly. I often feel I never desired. And I did desire in my heart. But all that commitment to asking, I didn't do it. So don't copy me in that one. Hmm? Are you hearing me? I cannot now come and be lying to you now. I've, I've told you these things before. I've told you before, there's nothing new. New people, don't be angry. Like, no. The way you, you see, you're not sounding serious. Uh. Mm. At the end of the day, but be careful. At the end, when God asks how many people have been healed by me, at the end, mom, I still be more than you all know. How many words of knowledge I've given? Uh. That I didn't say you. The Lord is saying you. You, even this night already, how many words of knowledge have I given? I've given you, whether you heard or not, I've probably said up to 20-something things to specific people all over this room. But it didn't come packaged you. But specific people, I rarely do this, but once in a while I've done it. Once in a while. Some can be very dramatic, some are not. Some are not that uh, dramatic. I'm saying that for those that may be like me. But most of you have to be like me. You should be like me because you've been running after people that all they do is look for gifts. The problem with gifts is that when you have gifts, nobody seems to care much about your fruit. You become a very dangerous person. The type that Matthew 7, 21 says that in that day you say, Lord, in your name I prophesied, I cast out demons, I, I, I did many mighty miracles. And you say, I don't know you. Depart from me. I don't know you. Now, I never want to hear anything like that in my life. So I would rather not focus on gifts. But I would trust God, this God, from whom comes every good and perfect gift. And what many Pentecostals don't know, that there are many people who have had the most amazing gifts and they never asked. Have you never been given something without asking? Good. So God doesn't only give gifts to those who ask. I just said that the primary way to get gifts might appear to be due to asking. Yes? But there's another way gifts come. It's by reason of relationship. Just you're my child. Are you hearing? That's another way. The problem with not asking for gifts is that when the gift comes, you may despise it because you, you don't even know. You don't appreciate it. Yes? That's the problem. But the one who asks for something tends to treasure it more. Is this clear? Because I didn't ask desperately for any of my gifts. I don't treat it, you know, the same way many people treat their giftings. You've seen it now. You've seen us have a meeting and all that, and I just go. Uh, there are people here, let me pray for healing. And that's how it is. It seems so casual. Instead of announcing healing service. And it has rubbed off on most of those, my listeners. And sometimes, they barely talk about it too. They say casually. When that sister came to me and told me how she's in pain, when she sits down, normally, just sitting down, as if her back, her pelvic, she's in pain. You know, and then there's this other thing, you know, all of that. Serious stuff. Serious stuff. 
debilitating, like things that hamper your life. And I said, I'll pray for you later. And then she testifies about it in devotions and she just says it casually. I just want to thank God. There's something that started around March and all that, but God then passed the prayer was healed. Amen. I'm like, okay. We went to attend the story of how terrible it was. So that's a challenge with, you know, so while you're undergoing and you're like, oh my life, oh God. And then it goes so easily. The problem, now if there was much drama about it, like now there's someone here. Now listen, you're having a problem, you know, or if I told her, come, because she told me before, it's because of how I prayed for the whole house. I had told her I would pray. They are also heard in my spirit later. Pray for healing. There is healing. The meeting came to an end. I forgot. Then I, I remembered. Suddenly I was like, thank God. And I prayed for how long? 10 seconds? 15 seconds. Huh? And people got healed. Online, different places. I've read two or three messages for. And people said, oh, when pastor prayed that day. And he said it. So, again, must the gift appear? Must you wrap it? And do pam pam pada pam pam pada pam pam pada and now the man of God presents to the people of God the gift of healing. Must I be like that? That I that who has had someone give them big money casually. You were shocked when you saw what they put in your hand. Anybody has had the good luck? Or they said, I've sent something to you. And you thought it's like 2K. And you saw 20. Where to fall? Anybody? Was it less money because of how they gave you? The uncle, in the long run, which uncle do you like more? The one that before he gives you something, your small, your extended family would you have known. Anybody has the, the uncle? Oh, I was just telling her, you know, <laughs> and he's hugging you, hugging your mother, hugging everybody. I'm telling you, I, I'm going to, I'm going to sponsor you. I, 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 who has been around some of them? And they, after that, it seems they forgot. Who has been around the ones who forget? Who has had the quiet uncle, auntie, who doesn't make much noise? Just say, send me your account. And just always, it's like you realize they put you on a list and they just remember you. Which one do you prefer? Uh, so don't be angry with me again. All those that will offend at me like, no, be bombastic. The spirit will move here tonight. Mm-mm, leave me alone. I'm too old. I cannot change now. And I like my own. Okay? You still want the other one, Abby? The spirit says... You think I can't act all that drama? I can't act, but I'm I feel too embarrassed. <laughs> Leave me alone. I am not saying those that say it are wrong. Are you hearing? Those who make it a bit bombastic, people respond more. They have more faith. People, the problem with people like me, our method, is that people don't have our method, my method is not very Pentecostal. There are groups like this. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know that they are servants of God all around. You just know your Nigerian African version. You don't know there are many white people that operate in all sorts of gifts. In, in such a calm way, it's, it's upsetting. 
Did you read that uh, prison to praise guy, Marilyn Carrodas? Uh-huh. So like a Methodist, all this, when you share, let me explain. If you want to understand how people like me are, let me tell you the people's books to read. Go and read people that were Methodist, Lutheran, Roman Catholic priests that got baptized in the Holy Spirit and believed in the gifts. Go and find how their own gifts operate. It's quiet, it's simple, it's uncomplicated, it's not grandiose, it's not with fireworks. No, it's simple. You know, they pray in tongues, they quietly lavash. And they bend over and whisper and just put their hand leave. The most fantastic miracles you can't, you haven't even heard some of it with uh, Pentecostals. You don't know because all you hear, they don't come on platforms and shout. It's not their style. Some of them have those, their garbs and all that, they wear it. Some of them, it's when they are baptizing someone or or giving communion. They say a little prayer. People get healed of everything you can imagine. Cancer, that is, name it. You don't know because they don't blaze it. I've healed 3,852 people. Of, they don't talk like that. It's not their style. So unfortunately, most of the Pentecostal charismatic class, you don't count it. You don't even know. You're just like, this one doesn't know about power. Say power. Stop coughing. <laughs> what is power? Power must not be. How did Jesus do miracles? You tell me. Did Jesus do it? Which one did Jesus do? Jesus was quiet too. He can be there. Now sometimes noise will happen because demons react. Okay. Now, anyone that has been here for a while, you may have seen that. You've seen demons react. You've seen me stand in one place and half of everyone is on the ground without my touching them. Is it less the spirit of God? Ahem, must you shout, move, 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 move. Why? You didn't do your money exercise, so you brought it here. Are you understanding? It doesn't have to. Most of the times, when the power of God has descended on groups that I am ministering to, I'm standing in one place. My most popular position is one place, far away from any human being. In one place. Many times, my eyes are closed. My own eyes are closed. I'm here, guru bangroom there. Sometimes I'll sense it, you know, it's going to happen somewhere there and yours truly, you know, like that. So now the difference, if I was the other type, I would say the power of God, I sense the power of God. Not once have you ever heard me say that. But many times I know that someone is going to fall there. I know some, I, I start sensing, it's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, it's like, not even the place, the person. Is I don't know because I'm not seeing, but I just you you come to my mind, and you I notice you, and that's what happens. I notice you once, I notice you twice. Few times I've been lucky enough to signify to someone, go and stand behind that person. <laughs> Very few times, but most times I'm like, oh, will I interrupt? This person is praying now. Will I go and start? If I wanted to follow the lady, I would have gone, gone and stood behind her. No, but usually the presence of God. So I can sense it. If I want to have said, I can see the power of God on you. I can see the power of God on you. 
Yes, yes, yes. Boom. I could, but I don't. And I have practiced not doing it. I'm saying this out for all those servants of God out there and the younger generation coming who think that there's only one style of ministry. This style I use is a more humble style. It's safer for us. It's why we survive longer. People like me survive longer. Mm. The bombastic don't survive long spiritually. They may go on jumping everywhere. They might have mighty crusades and all that, but they, so, they face temptations and attacks at, in a certain way that there's higher casualty rating among such people than the more quiet ones. Are you hearing me? I'm serious. I'm telling you serious stuff. Okay. So I would actually advise you if you are to take one. Take the less dramatic approach. The problem with their dramatic approach, it attracts attention to you and takes some of God's glory. Are you hearing? It seems too connected to your being the source of what is happening. It's like you're struggling too hard to be in the middle of, hey, I'm involved though, I'm here. Have you seen crusades where servants of God are preaching and they bring people and say, Man of God, while you are preaching, while you are praying, while you are singing, this lady got healed in her seat. Huh? Do you understand that she got healed in her seat? You don't understand. You don't understand. The man of God didn't walk up to her and pray. Many of them, the power of God found them and touched them personally. So when the man of God now brings her and starts doing many things, what are you doing? I thought she was healed in her seat. You don't understand this part. Am I, am I confusing you? It's like you're trying too much to say, hey, people notice me. Or, yeah, picture. Selfie. But I was involved. It's like you're stamping your name on everything. I was involved. I was involved in his own, in her own. Why? When you do that too much, after a while, your heart will be lifted. Are you understanding? You're trying to associate the workings of God with you too much. I'm not saying God is not working through you. And people should know so they can come and experience God through you. However, when you, they, is it not okay to say, I went for Pastor Itai's meeting, one of his Bible studies, and I got healed. Now your job should be to tell people about God's goodness. Yes, it is wrong. That, so this is the problem. People who exalt themselves, people tend to want to go and exalt them too. Huh? Yes, I've heard servants of God talk and they say, hmm. That the miracles and the power, I remember 20 years ago, I was hearing a man of God from Malaysia. And he mentioned an internationally recognized, if they had to say, oh, mention men of God with anointing. Those are among the first names you mentioned. And the person was, this person was saying that maybe 20 times the miracles that happens in that international ministers in his conferences happen in their own. 20 times. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I know a servant of God that died one or two years ago. 2020, during COVID. December. 2020. You know, and he would talk about doing conferences with this other very big man of God. Everyone knows the name of this man of God. Nobody, very few people know this other man of God. Why? Because this other one is not flamboyant. Does this one see the gift of God walking? Yes. Does he see miracles? The most amazing miracles 
The most amazing. So how do you know this one that has less miracles and not know this one? Packaging. Bombast. Method of delivery. Will God reward you for how well people knew you or for what you did for him? This other one won't just preach in big conferences. This other one preaches anywhere, in villages, in unknown places, suffers, can sleep in the bush. Do you understand? This other one stays in five-star hotels. Is big. Acts big. Do you understand this? This other one is flashy and like this. This one is, he can preach in a big conference with you, healings, miracles, and he can preach to three people that are students, that are nobody. He doesn't charge for it. It's not, uh -huh. you know what I mean? He even gave an example. He said, you go for a conference like that and they give this one $500,000 and give him $5,000. Meanwhile, he, when this one comes out the power, and the power and people fall, fall, fall. And then he goes, goes. maybe it's hotel room or whatever. He is the one that stays behind. And those people say, after I thought, yes, the leg is not still working. The, he is the one that stands and prays till the leg heals, for real. But you see, there are no cameras here by now. Huh? So I ask again, which kind of man of God do you want to be? Which kind of woman of God? Be careful, because many of them, God will say, I didn't know you. You're, you can be too busy and engrossed in attracting attention to yourself that you know, I see in the body of Christ, they make falling a, a deal. You should really stop it. Because the people I disciple years ago, they would, <laughs> they would touch people or hug people and they'll fall, even in public, if outside on the road. So this falling thing, cool down. And those are people I raised that were still very young. When the power of God comes on people, they can fall. But it's, it's falling. Don't make falling a thing. I've seen people swing their hands and people fall. Fine and good. They see the power of God coming and they go like that. I'm not saying that's bad. Though. Not at all. But my wala is when you do that and they don't fall, then you're pushing them. It's the pushing that, that I strongly object to. Why do you push people like that? Don't be pushing people. Don't push people. And the people behind keep allowing them fall. Why do they have to fall before you carry them up? What's wrong with holding them? You don't understand. You like falling? You like that in your clothes? Why must they fall? Why do those two people stand behind to keep them down, then carry them, then keep... What's that? I have no understanding of what that thing is. Till someone explains to me. Who knows the explanation? You can help this man of God. Why, why do they have to go down? Why can't you just stop them from falling? Say it from there. You don't need a mic. No, we are not talking about the heavy one. We are talking about normal, even small children. <laughs> so why do you carry them up? Why did you carry them up? 
leave them. They are under the work of the Holy Spirit. Leave them on the ground where they fell. Amen. Leave that thing. Any better reason? All right, please find out for me. Please talk with your contacts. I'm serious. So talk with your contacts. Send the answer to anybody you know. Let it get to a leader. They will send it to me or whatever. Tell me what you've heard. Why do they have to fall? Why don't the people standing there hold them from falling? Except they are falling and they can't stand. I've seen that happen many times. I'm praying for someone and they crumple. You, the, they are too heavy. So you drop them, you hold them and drop them gently on the ground. But the one about them falling, you pick, you bring just for me to keep making you. Why? I'm asking why. I'm not saying it's not the power of God that pushed them. I'm saying, why does it seem you're making a show? Of, and then people start going like, ooh, see such power. And I'm not saying it's not the power of God, but I'm saying that there are many people who the power of God is emanating through them. I mean, sometimes you don't even lay hands at all. Okay, what about the times you're not even near them and they are falling under the power? Don't make a drama of it. These are the things that bring dishonor to God's name. That's the reason you shouldn't do it. That's the real reason I'm saying it. You know, people like me, and there are a few of us, we have a job to train an, a new generation for ministry, okay? If you've ever come here and you're wondering, why does Pastor Ita talk about these things? Are we, is this a pastor's meeting? That you don't know, you're ignorant and blind. Yes, this is a pastor's meeting. You didn't know since? Have a large number of pastors here. Have a very large number of prophets here. Have a large number of evangelists, apostolic ministries, and teachers. Many. They are going to do a lot of work in the earth. A lot. So it is my duty to train them in the things that are right. If you don't understand, you say he was criticizing men of God. Hey, keep your ignorance to yourself. No, I'm trying to prevent a new generation from copying the bad habits of their fathers. Are you hearing? It doesn't mean they are not fathers, but what? The, hey, anybody here, your parents had things you, you, you don't want to copy. Eh, no need to raise your hand, everybody. There's no need. If you don't raise your hand, that's one of the things you copy from your parents, telling lies. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. Hmm? Let's tell ourselves the truth and shame the devil. I mean, you were here on Friday. We saw the 144,000. What's the major trait they have? There is no guile, deceit in their lips. Make sure you are 100% free of deceit or you will never ascend the mountain of the Lord. If you were not here last Friday, was it last Friday? Make sure you go and listen to the message. If there's anything you must fear in this life, it's telling lies. Don't tell lies. Instead, keep quiet. Don't say anything. But to open your mouth and lies come out as a practice. Ah, you're in trouble. You will not be accepted into the company of those who move with the lamb. In his lips were found no guile. So my job is to train. So if you hear me point out errors, I'm trying to warn you. Then when I say ask questions, I mean you should respond and tell me what is wrong with this or challenge what I'm saying. But the Bible says, but what about this? What about that? My job now is to answer you and show you, okay, this is why I'm saying. It's not my opinion. You know how someone says that's his own opinion? No, it's scriptural. It's based on the will of God contained in scripture. If you follow that other habit because you admire that servant of God or the gift of God in his life, you are going to offend God 
like that person you are admiring has likely offended. And on the day of judgment, like Jesus said, he said, these words which I have spoken to you will judge you on the last day. The Bible says the books were opened. I've told you this is not a book. This is 66 books. So when it says the books, it's now that you look at it and say, all these were scrolls. They were scrolls, each of them. 66 different separate scrolls, books. Then they compile them as one. It's a compendium. It's a Bible, a collection of books. That's why the right back of your project, right? Bibliography. It's a collection of sources. This is not a book. These are books. The Bible says, those that were raised from the dead in Revelation 20, the books were opened and they were judged from it. Books. The dead were judged according to their deeds as recorded in the books. They'll take your deeds and compare it, apart from the book of your own life. They'll compare it to the books, the words of the Lord. And depending on what was there and how you lived, according to what you did, in obedience or against the word of God, you will be judged. Not in obedience or compliance to the common practice. Oh, this is what other men of God were doing. How should I have known? How did I know? I grew up hearing about those same men of God you heard about. But the major thing I did was read my Bible. Take notes. I copied good things. I learned, oh, this one has faith. This one has, I paid a little attention here and there. Some of them, God did not allow me follow them or read their books. No matter how I tried, I'll get their messages. I'll never listen. Somehow, because early in my work, I had made certain commitments to God when I started growing. And he told, told me certain things. From scripture, I will read. So the people I was drawn to are the people that sounded the most like this Jesus. As I read about him, when I hear people on the earth, they seem to keep contradicting Jesus. I wasn't attracted to them. Even though I know that they are pretty in the gift of the spirit and all of that. But especially money, when they seem to love money, I had no attraction. Because I learned early that, hey, you see this thing? It might make people come to you, but it makes the Lord move away from you. He doesn't take away your gift because you're disobeying him. He doesn't come to you and say, you see that gift of healing? I take it from you immediately. No, Samson was, will come up from a prostitute's house. And the spirit of the Bible says, and the spirit of the Lord came upon him. So like that brother asked, in his mind, you wonder. But this man, the spirit of God comes on him. So it means everything he does must be right. Not at all. That the spirit of God comes upon you. And then the moment he enters the office, he says, fine girl, come here, come and give daddy a kiss. If he wants you to give him a kiss, let him wait when you're outside in front of everybody. Then he touches his cheek. I can't give that a kiss. Okay. In public. Say, why do you close the door? First, first, first. No. You, there's evil in your heart, sir. Even though you don't have an evil, but lust is worrying you. And that lust that is worrying you is going to lead to something else that will lead to something. Maybe not that first day if the man is still clean. But if it's dirty, like many, 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 there are already dirty old men that have been messed up for a long time. You don't even start. You know, someone was telling me many years ago, two decades ago, how she, more than two decades, 1999 or 
2000. Can't remember well, but you know, she was talking about how she entered the office of a servant of God and he stands up. Oh, how I am, walks up over and locks the door. This is office. Why, why would you lock the door? When people knock the door to my office, I ask them, what are you knocking? In my house, my study. Is a study now. Knock like they are now open now. Am I, should I be changing up inside a, a, an office? I'm not saying you should, you know, but what I thought the church, I said knock and open. I said, I heard you talking to someone. I say yes, so? I, is your eye going to see the evil I was talking? If I'm talking evil, when you open the door, will you see evil? Okay, if you won't see evil, and I'm talking, I'm talking to someone, you know, praying for someone. What do you expect to see that you shouldn't open the door? Like that door you have refused to open. You are afraid that you may open it and see what? Am I confusing you? Or they taught you the opposite? That you must wait before you open the door. Why? Is it a bedroom? Am I in there with my wife? It's an office. What can you possibly see? That should not be seen. Oh, you open the door, you see me. You're like, how? Oh, I've seen evil. Am I confusing you still? How many of you have I rebuked about not opening the door? Well, you came to my study or something. Male or female. I see you should raise your hand. Raise the hand. Let them see so they know I'm not just saying. There's no way you're in my space that I will not. Because I'm wondering why you're standing knocking. Knock. What do you think is happening inside an office? I beg, open the door, Joe. If you come and catch me committing, is that not how you deliver me from evil? <clears throat> you don't want to protect me. It's only me that will protect you. Let us keep each other safe mutually. Are you hearing me? Yes, sir. So the door must be open. If it's closed, maybe my start because of mosquitoes or something, or noise, or distraction. But if you came there to see me, open a bag, open the door. You, they should not be evil. So act like they should not be evil. Not, I'm saying, come. And I get irritated. Why? Because the only reason I may not answer you tip. Two reasons is because I've told you before, when you tap, open. Second reason is, I'm likely, if I'm praying for someone, you come and stand and be knocking. Do you know you're a distraction? I should stop. Yes, Lord, yeah. Come in. Or I should stop. Say, go away. So I always tell them, open the door. You came for something. I even tell them, if you come in and praying, either by myself or with, with someone, something. Open, if you needed to pick something, maybe you need to take something from my table. Enter and take it and go away. Okay, it's because there's so much uh, wrongdoing, evil, unrighteousness. Everybody secures their life. They will lock the door. Some will not lock, lock but they will warn everybody. Make sure you are answered before you open that door. If they don't answer, it, make sure you don't open it. That's why the man can sin and not repent and go on and on. Because nobody helped him. Everybody gave them room to sin. You gave them room to sin. Then you say they are sinners. But you created a conducive environment. You hear someone saying, Ah, this man of God is my father in the Lord. And you know that there is a sister. There is a, this very odd situation. Where he goes aside into an inner room. Or an enclosed space where they close doors. And nobody's to enter. Are you crazy mad? 
confused. That man of God will give you demons of immorality and it will destroy your life. And one day the Lord will tell you, depart from me. You ought to have barged in on him. Barge in. Especially when you notice the other time you went so just walk in, act like someone is chasing you. In fact, discuss with your fellow disciples. Say, chase me. <laughs> then run the ground. Oh. <laughs> sir. Good, good evening, sir. <laughs> Maybe he was leaning towards his sister too much. You just saved him. He was about to kiss her. As he just sits up, rubber seat, I look at this. <laughs> oh, sorry, sir. Emergency, sir. Just save him. Then later on, say, sir, what was that? I came and saw. <laughs> save your man of God. Or save yourself and leave the place. He said, no, you'll be seeing rubbish. You keep staying. Say, well. And then they will tell you. I've heard. People have told me some things personal. And they said, the man of God, so he said, he said, Said the day you see this, he said, you must cover. Now, next thing you start using it as Noah's story. Cover the nakedness of your father. All sorts of things. Who made him your father? You better run for your life. That's the kind of father you want. You have a hand in some way in picking a spiritual father. You have a hand in some way. Typically, fathers produce children. Children don't produce fathers. However, you can say, no, no, no way, sir. Thank you for the blessing you've been. But I can't. This is the fourth time. The first time, I wasn't sure. The second time, the third time, is it not obvious? What are you doing? Why are you deceiving? You won't, you become like him. And when God begins to roast you, listen, can't come And they say, put firewood, put firewood, put firewood, put, put, put firewood. Don't say, Father God, say, Daddy, my Father in the Lord. Call him to come and save you. Okay, that's him roasting on the other side. <laughs> Be joking. People, people are joking everywhere. Joking everywhere. You don't know when to run. When your father is a lion, listen, let me explain to you. When, listen, in the lion culture, real lion culture, when a lion has been defeated, lions lead a pride. They may be a company of brothers of lions and all that. They grow up together. They together will lead a group of lionesses. They call it a pride of lions. That group of lions. Those lions impregnate the females, the lionesses who give birth to lion cubs. If these male lions are defeated, whether it's one lion or a group of them, defeated by another lion or a group of lions, and killed or defeated, and they limp away, wounded, this new lion that comes over this group, the pride of lions, Typically goes around and kills all the cubs, the babies of the former male. Takes the head in its mouth and crushes it. <coughs> kills it one by one. He doesn't want that guy's blood in his new family. He will provide the impregnation of this female. So the children will be his. He won't kill his own. He'll kill the other guys. There are things you don't want passed down. There are things you have to kill if you will survive. There's lineage that has to end. There's a level of lion thinking you need to have. 
So you don't come with your old ancient evil practice and continue the lineage. You you will just know it's not okay. Servant of God has the gift of the spirit, but you know, no fruit here. That is that's if he has not crossed over into dark magic. It's still the spirit of God. I've said it so many times. Don't let it confuse you. Someone can be called of God and pray with the gift of the Spirit. Can be anointed like Saul. But yield to the evil one and be doing wrong, wrong things. You don't stay forever. David tried to stay. Go and listen to the messages I've preached on this. And God was trying to tell David, leave the comfort of the palace and go. David left and was busy sending people to lobby for him, including the son of the king, Jonathan. Talk to your father. I've not done him anything. Don't mind all these people that say evil things about me. Nobody was saying any evil thing about him. The king was the one saying evil about him. You know how you're trying to not say the whole thing. Say, sir, that thing, I don't know what you've heard. Nobody, he didn't hear anything. Sir, you're a man of God. He hates you. He's jealous of you. He, he, he's the problem. He's your problem. No, I don't know what he told you. I don't know what he told you. I don't know what they came and told you. God will see you people. Sir, nothing is. That may happen. But when this man of God keeps making the wrong choice and attacking you every time, carry your kaya. Carry your bag. Have sense in Jesus' name. Before a javelin pierces you to the world through the truth. David dodged the first time. He dodged the second time. I don't, I don't, was there a third dodge? A man that when they think on him, treat as his own son, Jonathan. This was the signal for leaving the palace. Did Jonathan leave? He did not leave. How did Jonathan die? On the day his father died. On the field, at the hand of the Philistines. He died with that father. Because he does not know when you separate from your father's house. Didn't God tell Abraham, leave your father's house? You don't know when to leave. Many people, you may have left even a physical father's house, but you never leave your spiritual father's house. You will die with him. Your folly will cost you. If he's throwing javelins at you, are you target practice? Leave! It's a sign. David tried to stay. The man stopped throwing for a short while, but he couldn't help himself. The evil spirit that was in him couldn't stop. He'll throw it again. That's when you leave. He should have known the first time, but he didn't. He had no prior experience. Second time, by the mouth of two or three witnesses now. Jonathan was arguing with the man. The man was busy saying, Saul was saying, don't you know, you stupid son of a harlot. Who knows that's what he said in the Bible. Yes, that's what he called his son. That's what he called his son. You stupid son of a prostitute. Foolish, he was so angry with him. Don't you know this David is going to be king in your place? Then he threw a spear at him. Excuse me, when you kill him, how will he be king? <laughs> Classic demon manifestation. The Bible says Jonathan left there angrily. Angrily. That is when you should have learned from David. You carry your bag, you carry your you head off into the bush and fulfill destiny. What was their destiny? 
Jonathan had prophesied it to David since. He said, you will be king and I'll be your right hand man. He said it. It never came to pass because he never left his father's house. Was there being loyal. This fake loyalty. Be loyal to God. Have you heard me? I didn't get here by being practicing fake loyalty. I practiced loyalty to God. I could serve a man as long as God kept me there. I would do it with all my heart, all my dedication. I'm committed wherever I find myself. Everything. Is it office? Is it church? I'm dedicated. But when God says, I go to the human being. We move. God is saying I should move. Thank you for the blessing you've been. That's all. It's not complicated. At no time do I deceive you to think my loyalty is to you. My loyalty is to God in you and the calling on your life. But if God, if you don't have to sin against me. If God, you don't, you don't have to have done anything to me. If God says I should move, I'm moving. Which is why I always prioritize my relationship with God above any other relationship. It's from the relationship I had with God while with men that I can know when God is talking. And many times, because of my great desire not to be an offense to anyone, I would stay far, far longer than I should have stayed. Long after God would tell me, move, move. I'll still be, God, is this you? Are you the one? Is that you speaking? I'll still be here. And there are things I've suffered in my life because of that. I've suffered things in my life when God told me, move. I'm not being stubborn. I'm trying to be sure. But some people don't find it hard. They just, but they are the other ones that are very common. It's very popular based on wrong preaching and teaching. They say, never, your loyalty is rubbish. You can't give me one scripture to prove that thing. Now, they're still doing questions. So I'm going to give you a chance to give me scripture to prove it. You know, so prepare the scriptures to show me that a human being, I always tell everyone, I have the privilege of serving with the truth. And pastoring and all that, that I don't own you. I don't say it as much as I used to say it at the beginning. I can't, you can't own a human being. How? You're not afraid. Everybody I see that is a child of God, I see you as a child of God. Just like my, that, my last son there. And then the mother tells you, keep this child, carry this child, whether it's in Monica's hand or Unimes' uh, hand or anybody. Even Tochi, when he comes to church many times, and he wants to go and sit with that one, the ones that will cuddle them and treat them like babies the most, and remind them of being inside the womb. Okay. They give them to you. During that time, they've given them to you. You make sure they don't go into the toilet and start batting inside the toilet bowl, or go out the door, or anything. Whether it's in the house or anything. When the child goes somewhere, like I think today when I came out of the bathroom, they said they found him. My wife said, I found this child in the other bathroom. Fetching water, doing wonders, bare feet. When we get home, there should be a court hearing. Who was responsible? So you see them running after him, catching him here, catching him there. Because it's your responsibility. Do you understand? It's your responsibility. It's practice. That's pastoring. For those who don't know what pastoring care. Pastoral care. That's what we call shepherd here. It's what church is called pastoral care. Are you hearing me? Have you come across that phrase before? It's the same thing. All these are leaders. I should just call them what the, the, the core leaders just call them the pastoral care group. 
He'll be saved herself. In fact, I, I think I'll change this shepherd thing. He's one of the pastoral care. He's one of the past. It sounds, you know, you know, pastoral care pastors. <laughs> she works with pastoral care. It sounds very dignified. That's what it is. That's what those children are providing. Oversight, care, protection. Hey, he's hungry. They feed him. He's sleepy. You put him to bed. He needs to be changed. You change him. That's what it's for. Different phases of your life. You too will grow up and have that responsibility over others. Whether it's one, whether it's five, whether it's five thousand. One way or the other, God will make us responsible. How will you learn how to do that? You will learn from the people that raised you. Are you understanding? Now, if the people that raised you used to be once in a while, they'll look over the crowd. Psst. Have you heard of the choir master? When the world jumped, one o'clock, or two, the sister stands there and goes like that. And it goes to 2, 2, 2, 2 p.m. As when we see in the house. Amen, 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 amen. Appointments have been fixed without words. This is before they were phones. Now we have phones. And the sister has received the invitation to the house. And she's going to leave that place. After she will walk out, I want to see someone and go to his house. And they will commit iniquity, lawlessness. Not God's will at all. But if you grow up under a father that does things like that, do you know your chances of being like your father are very high? That's why you don't casually talk about a spiritual father or even physical father about their errors. Be very careful because your chances of doing what they did, it, it's, it's typed into your soul from observation. Never stay around. And I'm answering a specific question that was never asked. Don't stay with someone who habitually practices sin. Listen to the Sunday before the last message. Not this Sunday. Sunday before the last, I think. Listen to that message. Okay? Listen to every message. Help yourself. Don't stay with them. You will learn their ways. You will learn their ways. It will rub off on you. One of the things I'm fighting with my leaders is them having a meeting. Then they don't take time to prepare. Why? Because they've been with me. They've seen me many times in one situation or the other. And then I walk in here and I start and you see it flow. You know, and you think today's one is quite scattered. But typically, you know, you know, and I'll teach, I'll mention passages, whatever. And they know I don't have any notes. They know it's not coming from anywhere. They are like, I was with this man for four hours before we came out here. I did not see him write down anything, prepare anything. I'm not saying I never prepare, but a lot of my preparation is my life. You know? So I have had to rebuke them a couple of times. I say, do you know for years that I spent days preparing for 15 minutes of ministry? You, you just, you just jump in. You, you, in. You're copying me. It's not that they are trying to copy me. It's, it's rubbing off on them. Are you understanding? It's how it happens. It rubs off. Even gifts. Things rub off if you're around someone a lot. 
how it does, I don't know. I just know it rubs off. You know, I read it years ago. I used to hear servants of God say, but I've seen it now. And it kind of rubs off. So they can be, I'll look at them. I say, aren't you the one that is going to lead? Aren't you the one sharing or preaching? Have you prepared? Back then, before the knew I, I was taking it seriously, they'll go like, sir, <laughs> the same grace that is on you. And I'm, I start getting very alarmed. Like, how am I going to raise children like this? Man, I didn't have anybody. Nobody. I would spend hours. I would be on my face. Ah! You people, you don't go straight. From that time I saw you, when you creep, uh, crippledly, crippled, <laughs> there's no such word. You came in like this, like a, a, a disabled, and God straightened you out. Which time have you been brave? I'm not saying they didn't read your Bible. They do. They've done lots of that. They do a lot of that. Private, but I mean getting ready for a meeting. I used to spend, ah, in law school, I would leave the hall during the break. I will go to the room, lie down on my face, pray God, teach, speak to their hearts. Even when I'm going to go there, they'll break into different classes. Sometimes, and then I just come up for the last 10 minutes to round up 15 minutes and answer questions. Some just to answer questions. But I'll spend the whole week preparing. Preparing the study, praying and praying. You, you just go straight from restaurant. Ah, that's not how I prepared though. That's not what I was doing in 2000, It's not what I was doing though. Am I exposing their secret? Should I stop telling the truth? Uh, this is embarrassing. I didn't know. I'm just gisting. But, you know, so it's not alarming me. Like, am I going to have spiritual children who... Yes, they know the Bible plenty. You've heard them. And all that, but... No! You have a meeting. You should go and soak, percolate in the presence of God. Well, don't do what I've been born again for 34 years. Or five. That counts for something. So I've developed, I have a reservoir. A certain accumulation. It's like a bank account. I can draw from. You, you just born. When did you finish your service spiritually? <laughs> How many of you know old people? They, they may not have a lot of money, but they have a lot of things. You don't understand. Have you entered the house of a 50-year-old man? They have beds. I mean, things that mattresses stay on. They have cupboards. They have lots of things that fill the house. Furniture, yes? Even though they may not be rich. Huh? Have you seen a young person that may have money? Some money, yes? And they don't have so much stuff. They have a big mattress based on the ground. They have a flat screen there, but, but they don't. They don't live in a big house. What's the difference? How come the less rich man has more stuff? Time. Do you understand? Time. He has had 35 years of working to be able to say, this three month salary, from apart from eating, I'll make a bookshelf. Then another three months. He has had years to accumulate. It's called accumulation. Do you understand? You are new. This job you're doing, you got it six months ago or one and a half years ago. With time, you too will acquire, accumulate. 
Right now, you don't even have a house. This is a rented house. But the other man, that house is living in his house. So slowly, he paid for land. Slowly, like that. Time. So time has a huge part to play in your spiritual capacities, your abilities. That a man can pick his phone and say, oh, there's someone and he has numbers of all kinds of people. Time got him that. You, your numbers are your classmates. Your father's numbers are carpenters, electricians. Anybody knows what I'm talking about here? All sorts of things. When did he? It's accumulated over. Oh, he first knew this man in 1982. Ah, they were very close in 1994. Ah, so it's time. Time has a path. Those who don't stay long enough don't know the power of time. You go and come, you stand in for. You won't accumulate the wealth of time. And you will think you're okay till a strong gust of wind comes and knocks you over. Then you realize ah, that you and the other person, you're not the same. You didn't allow time, long suffering, do its work. You got carried away by appearances. These ones have spent longer digging deep, laying a deeper and deeper foundation. Is this clear? Yes, you understand some of these things I'm saying? Yes, yes so I will encourage us, challenge us. Are those questions? Who has a question out there? Let me see your hand. You didn't write it in. Okay, so give me that. So I would encourage you to do your utmost. Hear me. That servant of God that fumbles but comes out and the power of God moves, time has taught him something. But with time, like Samson, he will lose his eyes. Oh yes, more and more. And then to go all bad like Eli with time. You don't follow him or her. Never. At the beginning, when God wants you to learn something from them, he won't let you see their flaws and errors. They won't throw javelins at you. They won't try to wipe out your spiritual life. Are you hearing me? When they try to start attacking you, when they, when they start taking you for granted, they are not hiding their evil. They, they are welcoming you into the inner circle of young boy. Is this like? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, when they, at the beginning, they regard you enough not to let you know some of the things they are doing. Then with time, they let you in into the inner circle and you foolishly take that as a badge of honor. No, it means that they are about to turn you into twice a son of hell. Who said that? Yes. Jesus said that the Pharisees scour the whole earth the sea they go far and wide looking for a disciple a pros proselyte to make them twice a child of hell than they are so some of those evils that some servants of god do they learned it after 10 years some never overcame it and just went on some someone else that they trusted introduced them that you can combine it you that is new, that they are teaching you from the beginning, that's why you'll be twice a child of hell. Matthew 23, 15. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You traverse land and sea to win a single convert. And when he becomes one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as you are. So they, God, Jesus is saying here that those scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, a hypocrite is a masquerade, a pretender. He puts on a face that is not real. He comes out here and says, praise the Lord. Isn't Jesus good? Ah, the Lord is so lovely. 
Every day I thank the Lord for giving us victory. Victory over sin. And meanwhile, he has no victory over sin. Sin has defeated him completely. He knows. I'm not talking about that. He has shortcomings. That's not, everyone has shortcomings. Everybody may get ang- too angry or once in a while their mouth slips or they what? They don't take care of their wife as much as they should or what else? What can a good man of God be guilty of? They forget your birthday. Come on. Major sins like that. They may shout at you when you are not wrong. Before they now ask, well, it's not you that did it. Uh, shift. You knew about it. Shift. They, they may do something. Eh? Life-threatening injuries. No. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about someone who is a practicing sinner. He has actively three girlfriends, apart from his wife. By the time he hides it from you, he says, don't worry, don't worry, I'm coming. He's hiding it. But when he makes it open and says, come, take this note. Tell her I'm coming. Eh? Or he's coming and you're in the car and he comes and he kisses her. And he allows you see. I should tell you, you should run away. Immediately. Stay. This is what you become. Twice a son of hell. That means say, now hell born you. Now hell gets you. You receive your inheritance from hell. It's very simple. That's what you become. You, you don't stay. You don't stay. Saul does not tell you, kill the priest. Insult that man. Slap that person that just told me the truth. So someone comes and says, man of God, I am sorry, but this thing you said, and he says, he tells one of his boys, slap this man. You stand there and slap him. As you do, you have sold your soul. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. There are things you must know. If you just read your Bible, you should have known. Anytime God wanted me to stay in a place, he made sure I didn't know anything. When it is time for me to leave, he made he make me know things. In fact, some people, I didn't know anything till I've left for a long time. Then I'll be hearing things, I'm like, where? And they will look at me and say, now what for you? My family, different people, they'll say, you didn't know? I never knew anything. There's no way it's normal. It was supernatural. That shows how much I did, was not involved in gossip. Because I wouldn't even know. And they'll tell me everybody knows. I have no clue. I took it when I saw it happen at different places, different times in my life. I took it that God wanted me to stay and learn some things. Do you understand? To grow my gifting and all that. But when amongst the things that will help me live, first, usually spiritually, in a vision, a dream, you know, God will show something and then you confirm it. Some, I'll leave, I'll not know anything, then later, I'll hear things. God knows how to train you. But if you're saying, I'm waiting for God to speak to me, after you have found that the servant of God you're following is a hidden drunkard, is a thief, does 419, does Yahoo on the side, you discover that why he has so much money, and comes and says, my God is a rich God. And you found out that he does Yahoo. That he's in cahoots. That you don't stay for what, as far as I'm concerned, you don't stay for one more minute. Make sure it's true first. Then pack your things. Wait till he goes out. Run. Send a message. Or get your 
Call your family. Tell your father to ask you to come home and visit. Do you understand? Organize an appointment for yourself. Let them summon you. Come, 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 come. No, no. Pack your things and come. Eh? And you pack it and you say, why? Say, man, sir, my father spoke to you now. When you go, you can ask him, I won't be coming back. When I discover that this and that, I won't. Now, some of you, them will come after and beg you. Don't tell anybody. I'm not saying you should go around telling anybody anything. But don't, don't stay there. Have I explained it long enough? Mm. Can God ask someone to do something that is risky for his health? Like a prophetic cut or act? I don't understand what you mean by risky. Example, drown yourself. You can't swim, jump into a deep river. <coughs> he told uh, Peter to end, walk on water. The walk walked. Until he doubted. So, risky. Many things God tells you to say are risky. Risky to your reputation or even something. But the point is that it will work. Huh? How we know it's God in Malaysia? People? No. Indonesia. A group of people walked across water. 30 people. Deep river like this. During a raging storm that should have killed all of them. How? How do we know God told them? Well, they walked on the water. What, what again do you want to hear? They walked successfully to the other side. The villagers saw one unbeliever that tried to put his leg almost drowned. That's how you know God sent them. You don't go say, no, no, you shouldn't do it. I bind you, Jesus said. Why should, I walked successfully. I walked on water like Jesus. Isn't that enough of a sign? So God can tell you to do risky things. The proof, how we will know it was God, though, is that we don't visit you in the hospital. Are you hearing? Is this clear? It's, it's very easy to know it was God. Uh, God told me, jump from that window. So I jumped. That's how I now broke my three legs. Not uh, God that told you to jump. Oh, it's you. A voice. Fear told you to jump. Uh -huh. When is God? You know. Finally, this is not about what you're teaching today. Help me with Job 2 verse 1. I don't understand it at all. Job 2 verse 1. <laughs> I've preached about this so many times. Now, I hope whoever asks this question, you have access to a phone, even personally. Ask the people there to give you. I've preached about it. There should be no less than 20 messages on this passage. So ask for it. Get the transcript. They can send it to you if they transcribe it as an email. Please, those in charge of these things, send the transcript. Give your name to... Ask for a leader, then they will send your number. If you don't have a phone, let them give get someone's number that is around you. Or we can even have it printed out if you actually are very helpless. And uh, but better listen to the audio. I've spoken about it very many times. Okay? Is that okay? And uh, because of time, let's not let me not start telling you about Job and the sons of God. Satan can appear before God and accuse you. That's why in Revelation chapter 12, it tells you he's the accuser of the brethren and he accuses them day and night. Where does he accuse them? So your mindset is no, Satan cannot come near where God is. It's because of a wrong idea. It's all these wrong, wrong things that you've been taught. You have many ideas in your head about the spirit realm that is not right. 
and uh, by the grace of God, we have thought on these things very many times. Okay, so listen to the messages and learn from it. All right. Have you learned anything today? You have an online question? Did they just send it? Who is that person? Because you're in your house somewhere. You want us to stay here. We want to go home. Why don't you give him the mic now? Um, Please give the mic. In such a case, assuming one finds out that his papa is actively involved in sin, hypocrisy, if he doesn't expose him, isn't he covering the sin of another? Expose him now. What's wrong? And doesn't the Bible warn against covering sin? I say expose him. <laughs> what should I say to you? All right, let me answer like a pastor. Forgive me, that was my flesh. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if you're just visiting and you're like, ah, <clears throat> a man of God should have dignity. <laughs> You say a man of God cannot laugh. Leave me alone. <laughs> so his question. This, this is the problem. When people ask serious, serious questions. Why do you ask serious questions? I thought my seriousness was over. What do you do when someone is doing a bad thing? Do you expose it? Question. Exposed to who? What does the Bible say in Matthew chapter 15? He says, if... Your brother sins against you. Verse 18. Let's see. Matthew 18, verse 15. I'm sorry. If your brother sins against you, go and confront him privately, he says. So that thing you said about exposing. Where did he tell you? You're quoting, you're misquoting Ephesians 5. He says you should go to him. So that man of God is your brother in the Lord. Now I know most of them will blast you to smithereens. It's unfortunate. And they may come in front of the whole church and tear you to pieces. Ah, you don't know what has happened to people in this world. Though. That is why it's the Lord that knows those who are his. I don't like being involved in these things. It, for me, it's because part of my ministry is to restore order to the church. It, my heart, you know, it makes me want to cry. It makes it... it Disrupt. I, I don't just I say, imagine these people and pass. That's not how I feel about nonsense. I feel it very deeply. You know? So I, 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 I use small gragra, anger and cover. It's, this is serious stuff. Because people go to servants of God and they, they rip them apart. People have confronted. I read, I was on a, a group. I left it long ago, but when I left WhatsApp on my personal number, you know, and he said he, he said he caught the man of God sleeping with his wife. His own wife. I can't remember the story now. It was terrible. Like, what do you do a thing like that? Like, you're sleeping with my wife. And the man was over a man. I don't know. The man threatened him. Threatened him thoroughly. Crazy stuff that you hear. Crazy stuff. I think when I when he walked into his office, I can't remember the detail. But the long and short of it is this. You are not, <laughs> you're not allowed. If you catch someone sinning, 
against you. Take what he said against you. He didn't say against the whole world. Confront him privately. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over, which is the aim. Not to point out his sin, but to win him over to the side of righteousness. Are you hearing? But in this case, to your side, because he sinned against you. If he, but if he will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. Are you seeing? And if he refuses to listen even to the church, regard him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. All right? So that's enough. Go to Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. It says, Brothers, if someone is caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual should restore him with a spirit of gentleness. But watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. That's what I meant. Don't casually say, Hey, imagine! Be careful, you too may be tempted. Don't act as though it's by your might or power that you overcome sin. Take note of what I'm saying. If you're prideful, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before it falls. If you are prideful, you may commit the same sins your fathers. Did I say this earlier? Committed. Because your attitude is, mm, I can never ever. How could... I've often told you, you haven't faced the demons some of them have faced. Some of them have fought battles in the spirit that made... Do you, have you watched Lord of the Rings? Do you remember when the eye, that eye of Sauron, would turn and look towards where this... The hobbits were. That eye would turn like that. Very scary. Yeah, like. So the idea is servants of God, which is why Paul would say, pray for me. Why Jesus would say, pray with me. Is that the more God is using you to do things, the more the enemy tries to attack you. And those who didn't dig deep foundations, hear me as we are wrapping up, please listen carefully. Why I emphasize fruit so much and not gifts. And all those who have been with me for years will tell you that we've seen the gifts of the Spirit manifest a lot in our midst without looking for it. Like I started at the beginning. That's spiritual common sense. Go after what God really wants. And God will also give you even things you don't even know exist. My emphasis is spiritual Roots, fruits. But I know that to create fruits, you must first have roots. Anything that does not have roots cannot produce fruit. Okay? Whatever has no roots can produce no fruits. It's not possible. That's why Christmas trees never produce fruit. Because they have no roots. They go nowhere. They are not drawing nutrients from the soil. They are fake. They are dead trees or plastic. Always. But they are pretty. They are lovely. They are so symmetrical. They are so fine. When you put things on them. Shiny. But they are dead. You have never seen a living Christmas tree. Typically. Except it's outside and it's a real living tree. They dressed it up. Then they remove it. But generally the Christmas tree inside the house is a dead tree. It is not living. Now, you might admire gift trees, but know that they may have no roots. Why do you admire them? But you can have an orange or mango or purple tree or whatever, and it's shedding leaves. It creates a bit of a mess, but it produces good, juicy fruits that nourish and give nutrients to the lives of those who eat it. The question is, 
You may not like to display fruit trees. And that's why many people do not care about producing fruits. Because fruit producing trees present no special attraction. I was talking to the church family in the Sunday meeting before the general one here. The 8 o'clock workers type meeting. Okay, we have before I come up here for the other 9 o'clock meeting. And I was talking, explaining. I know there are a few new people. I've explained something like this at least once thoroughly. And I explained to them why you do not admire a visiting uncle, a visiting preacher uncle. I'm using family and church to explain. You don't praise and admire and say, I like Uncle Dandy more than my daddy. I like Auntie Florence more than my mommy. Why? Because Auntie Florence always buys sweet and biscuit for us. And she says, how's my honey bun? And we laugh and nee. How often do you see Auntie Florence? About one or two or three days in a year when she comes around. And she's fun. And she visits with your family for three days. Then she visits with her other sister and her other brother. Like that. And she goes back to Lagos. She plans for you all year. She brings you something. You have not lived with Auntie Florence. You don't know your mother is a hundred times more gentle and kind and forgiving than Auntie Florence. Auntie Florence loves her nieces and nephews. She's seeing you. Every time she sees you, you're bigger. She's excited because distance makes you excited about, about people. So when they are visiting preacher, Auntie Florence or Uncle Dandy comes and says, Whoa, you're a big boy. Oh, I brought something for you. And brings out 2,000 naira and gives you a 10-year-old. And you imagine all the biscuits and sweets from 2,000. He spent 2,000 naira on you. That's the amount of money your parents spend every day feeding you. Every day. That money he gave you. See, the difference, your parent does not give you 2,000. They use it to buy food. To cook for you. Are you understanding? When you add everything your parents have done for you since you were born, they have spent 20 million so far. All the money Uncle Dandy has given you together is not up to 20,000. Did you hear me? So you appreciate Uncle Dandy, Abby? You wish Daddy was like Uncle Dandy? He'll be giving you 2,000 once a year. No problem. Me, I'd like to be like Uncle Dandy. I'll give you 2,000 once a year. I like to be everybody's uncle. Just come. I'll give you five, five. Me won't, I'll give you 10, 10,000. Then leave me alone. Don't ask me for one kubu. That's not how family is. And I was explaining how family, you don't go with your eyes. You go with, you must think. But little children don't think much. They don't think about such things. Even grown-up children is still, they hear sometimes people like me explaining it. You say, oh, it's true. And that's why I tell you, appreciate your parents endlessly. You have no, you don't know all the things they've given up for you. So don't be casual about them. That they are not exciting. And you like, another reason you like Auntie Florence, she dresses very fine. Your mother did more younger than Auntie Florence when she was young. Is when you were born that her younger ceased. You are the reason. And you're blaming mom. You're feeling embarrassed about mommy. And admire Auntie Flo. Auntie Flo has no children. Mommy has the seven of you. Mommy would have been dressing finer. Leave it. 
leave it. You enjoy, you feel proud when Auntie Flo, the, ah, the day Auntie Flo visited you in school, you feel like dying. And she came with her hair heels. Bah, bah, bah. How is my baby? And I said, oh, and you wished all your friends were there, Auntie Flo. And you acted, oh, you are the reason, mommy, when she comes, she looks like a mother in Israel. You are the reason. I finished though. I say you are the reason. So that your nonsense, that your how that your brain works is the brain of a small baby. If you have any sense, you will know that you would have been as flashy. Do you know how much school fees is? Huh? Do you know how much school fees is? Do you know how much anything is? When people will be there calculating, calculate. why do you think mommy is so careful with a pen and daddy? Because the cost of one pen those days. Now, how much? 50, 100. I don't know the price of anything. The price of a pen. <clears throat> so why they bring the pen out of a purse in the handbag? See, they, <laughs> they, really, they open the bag, then they bring out a small purse. Then they unzip it carefully. Have you seen them putting it back? Da! A journey. Because your own is crack. If you even entered, Tommy falls on the ground, what's your own? Then you write and say, Mommy, Daddy, please, I've run out of pens, notebooks, all that. You're reckless and careless because you don't know anything about life. You don't know how things are created. You don't know how things are acquired. They are careful because of condition. Even the crayfish sister. And you are the condition. I keep stressing it. If you were not there at all, it was just them and their wife or husband. Only your two parents minus you. Hmm. They will eat well. Your father will still be carrying a tabletop cut. He will be able to afford it. But when he allows his head to grow big like this, it's because cutting it every two weeks is too costly. That is sandals. For you, who will run like a madman and tear it every second they give you? You don't care. Let me stop. But receive sense in Jesus' name. Now that you understand true family, the same applies in spiritual family. Real healthy spiritual families, which are very rare. Very rare. That's why a man of God can drive a limousine that is as long as this hall. Just buy anything. Have anything he likes inside while all around him his church members are suffering as though they are the worst criminals on earth. And he's telling them, bring seed. Always doing something. You don't understand that that's a totally dysfunctional spiritual family. You admire it and want to become like it. You're a clown. You and your spiritual father. Are you real? They've never helped you in any way. They dress like movie stars. And then in your mind, this is a, a picture of what you want to be. All the children are neglected. A few live like kings. The rest live like paupers. That's, there's nothing good to take from there. They may be able to teach you. They may have the gifts and all that. But listen, the example you are learning is not the example Jesus learned. Jesus took care of his disciples before and after. Before and after. From the earliest days and even after he rose from the dead. What's the first thing as they saw him on that morning at the Sea of Tiberias? Children, do you have any meat? First question, do, do you have food? 
Have you succeeded in catching fish? They said, no. Said, throw the net on the other side. They threw massive catch. Someone said, that is Jesus standing there. Peter jumped into the water and started heading towards him. He got there and they were dragging the boat with fish. They saw fire with bread and fish already. This is the king of kings and lord of lords. You're telling me, watch who your father is. You become like what you watched. He has already organized food. You came from heaven to organize food. Because his heart is for them. You know what I told Peter after that? He said, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Tend my lambs. He was teaching them. He did it by example. He cared. And he taught them that. What you teach, what you convey, is what people would tend to become. So, back to the point. If a servant of God is living in continued sin, it's not that one day, he stumbled. I've often said this. One day, when this issue comes up, I've explained. You don't look at the man of God and say, this one is sinless. Are you real? James said, we all stumble in many ways. We should not. But don't see a man of God err and say, fake. All of them. Hypocrites. He's not a hypocrite because he sinned. In the Bible, Peter goofed. Different ones goofed. David goofed. People goofed. Abraham, everybody. Isaac, Jacob. Name them. Adam. Who? Goofing goof horses. They goofed. We all stumble in many ways. James said it were in chapter 3. However, that's not the same as practicing sin. Okay? So he stumbled. He, in a weak moment, he misbehaved. Now, I beg you. Can you avoid having weak moments by preparing long before you become a man of God? Can you, can you focus on digging very deep roots? Into the ground of God's word. Into the rock. So that when temptation storms and winds and rain comes. You are still standing. When you don't focus. I repeat. This is why I start explaining it. Why I focus day and night. Paul said I warned you day and night with tears for three years. Because wolves will come. He said. He was trying to save them. Foundations will save you. I am in the same Nigeria where there's so many faulty systems in our churches. I'm in the same nation. I'm in, living in the same 20, some 22, where people are doing all sorts of stunts. I'm living and working. And why I sometimes have to share a little of the testimony God has given me. So you know it's possible. But how many of you know people, have, how many of you have heard people say that no man of God, they don't trust from your conclusion, whether it was you or you've heard people talk, you think they trust ordinary people more than men of God. Raise your hands. The moment they hear is a man of God, they're actually like, ah, beg. They're no good. The only thing I wonder, why do people still go to church? Why is it so bad? It's so bad that there were times long ago, even till now, I would rather just introduce myself normally. I'm a pastor to the people watching over me. I'm not a pastor to everybody on the street. Pastor is not a title, it's a function, it's a job. It's like being a father to my children. Oh, I'm a father. A father to what? Not to nothing. You can't just be a father. Well, I'm a male. No, you're a father to children. And I used to be embarrassed to say I'm a pastor. Why? What kind of nonsense is that? Even when my hands are clean and I have nothing to be ashamed of, I'll be because the abuse 
what people have done. Listen to all those horrible stories you told them. In the name of God, people have done all those things you said. In the name of this Jesus. So it would make me go like, mm, please, my name is Italdo. Okay. I remember I wear jeans like this, wear a shirt, go somewhere. You know? I went to buy something. And that lady said, are you a pastor? I'm like, oh God. <laughs> I'd rather he didn't even know. Let's just be normal. I didn't preach. I don't act spiritual. Look at me. I'm in church. I don't act spiritual. I don't know how to act spiritual. I try. I fight it. I want to be normal. Then let the spirit. Let me be a spiritual person. The life of the spirit flowing out of me. My words. My actions. Naturally. Not because I'm saying. Look at the size of the white collar. Let us understand these things. Don't expose him. He says, restore him in the spirit of meekness. If you can't restore him, let me advise you. You can't meet that man of God. You walk over and he shouts at you. He could even tell him to beat you. I've heard all sorts of things in my life. Better you may go to someone whom you think he respects, who is a big person, something, eh? and tell the person, this is what I saw. My pastor is not clean. I saw it two times. I saw it three times. This is real. Four people have told me so, so, and so. Tell it to that person and go away. Are you hearing? That's all. But that thing you said, then the Bible says you expose if you don't, it's a lie. But then if it's true, God expose all the evil things you've done. Are you a hypocrite yourself? That expose all the evil things you have done that you know you've done. Also know that people may have sinned and repented. Do you know that? You can't look at someone and say, oh, there was that time they did that. That means that's how they are. Have you ever sinned and repented and you don't want to sin again? Have you ever done something once that you regretted and you never want to do again? And you have never done again since that once? Uh-huh. So, who says that? Maybe you saw something that happened once. Why it may be good to tell the man directly if you can, if he's humble enough to ever hear you. It's better to tell him is that he may tell you it's true. Pray for me. I'm, uh, it's true. I was tempted. I'm so sorry. Now I know people who open up and act humble like that. that this world is bad. There's one that acts humble like that. And you think it's worse. Later on you find out that it's a lie. It's been going on. If the person is not continuing in sin. Please, I didn't say you should leave them all. Did you hear me? I said continuous practicing sinner. Leave. But he sinned. She sinned. Don't leave. Stay. Is this clear? Stay. You know, if, but if you know it's a continuous thing, that person will poison your soul and he will make you a child of hell. If it is not continuous, stay. Do you hear me? God may have brought you there to help that person. What, what I remembered when I said, this world is terrible. There are those who after after you find out, girls have found out things and they turn and become the confidants of the man of God. Then he makes his move on them too. Do you understand what I just said? Someone said no. The girl discovered that the man is trying making moves on the other girls. Huh? She talks to him. He says, it's my weakness. It's my weakness. Pray for me. And that is all humble. And 
females your natural compassion it's okay it's okay <laughs> and from there you comfort him till you <laughs> who knows what i'm talking about who has heard of things like this real stuff this is real terrible so you know the man is a lion eh? <laughs> he's a crocodile those were crocodile tears he just said how do i stop this one and he opened his white crocodile jaws and swallowed you too Yes, some of them are really bad. In fact, I think some of the worst people on earth are people known as men of God. Why? Because anybody that can use one hand to say, Lord, I worship you, and use one hand to say, Satan, I worship you, at the same time, it creates the worst. Your, the hardness of their heart is far harder than the heart of an unbeliever. An unbeliever faces his side. Uche, you understand? Now, Satan, they worship me. We celebrate his day here. But the one that can face here and face here continually, not, not that there's this time or two or three where he stumbled this way into darkness. He is he, he, amphibious in an evil way. Not the spirit realm of goodness, but into the realms of darkness. You have to have hearts that normal people that are not saved do not have. Is this clear? May this never happen to any of you. Well, yes, the worst punishment. The Bible says, Luke 12, go and read it. Go and read from verse 35 down. He says, severe beating is waiting for you. And then he says, those who did not know these things, they will be beaten, few stripes. But that young, it will be a lot. Why? You knew. That you shouldn't do this and you did this. Is this clear? Yes, Alright, now, this emphasis was very much, it didn't allow us to do 2 Corinthians 11. The implication, as always, is that there are very specific people's questions that were answered without their asking, and the Lord is saying it. For those who don't understand, again, this is my kind of prophetic ministry. You know, you want me to say, there's someone here, the Lord is saying to you, for years you have I don't do it like that. I have done it as a teaching. Receive it and change. If you, don't, if you reject it, there will be consequences. There are things you don't play with. Don't play with this. Is this okay? God loves you so much. He stopped us from doing the normal class we would have done. And the whole meeting focused on this. And if you are any of those people who have suffered at the hands of this thing. Maybe on Friday, I'll pray about this. Remind me to pray specifically. I'll say a short prayer now. But many people that partook in some of these fetish things, impartations happen that should not happen sometimes. And some of you were opened up to demonic attacks. That's why many people passed through certain things. And from that time, they were supposed to be delivered. Their problems began. Because you actually were given demons. Eh? That the Lord will free you. Stand to your feet. In this place, the cherubim and seraphim bow down low before the one who's supreme. And nothing down here can be truly deemed. Important before the one who's our Elohim. 
Father, I'm asking for everyone here that has been oppressed by works of darkness unwittingly as children, ignorantly. I'm asking for a release as one whom you've considered worthy to stand in your courts and speak on your behalf. I am asking that the chains that anyone here has been put into be broken. I ask for a release of these, every person in this room and those hearing online now or later every form of bondage you have come into due to a purported servant of God real or imagined as a man of God I stand my good father as a priest to you and I am asking that they be freed from chains of bondage set them free from the wickedness of wolves in the name of Jesus spirits of confusion bondage, error blindness, distortion lack of discernment I bind you be gone the angel of the Lord drives you out now in the name of Jesus I declare liberty to every captive here. Liberty in the name of Jesus. I announce good news. You are free. You are free in the name of Jesus. Peace to you. Peace to yours. Peace to the things that concern your well-being. May the healing hand of God come into your soul, your spirit, and your body. And restore, restore. Restore, 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 restore in the name of Jesus. May the pure hand of Jesus through his Holy Spirit reach in and turn things around that have lost their bearings. Be realigned in all ways. Thank you, good God. Thank you, good God. Spirits of doubts that have roost, come to into roost live in the minds of many people that makes them have this constant veil of doubt on everything you hear. You question it 
you're to test all things, but you don't test. You doubt all things. That's a demonic spirit, a spirit of doubt. I rebuke doubt. Yes. Say with me, I renounce doubt. I renounce doubt. I choose to believe the truth. I choose to believe the truth. Amen. Amen. Maybe so. Father, I'm asking that you give grace and favor as they go. Amen. Give them kindness. Amen. Show them kindness. Father, some here uh, struggle with doubt. Lord, in kindness, give them confirmations to these things. Upset. <laughs> Confirm it in dreams, in visions, in revelations, in witnesses coming to you. May the heavens be open over you as you sleep. The word of the Lord will come to you. Counsel, the Lord will send messengers to stand by you and reassure you of the things you're hearing. Yes, he will speak to things you have not known. Some of you think you've forgotten. You'd forgotten it. You, you didn't even remember. It might seem terrible, but why you might seem to remember is because God wants to heal you. When it comes to you, I, you this is how you're to pray. You're to say, Father, forgive this person. Forgive that person. Forgive. When, just say it. Don't, don't feel it. Just say, Father, forgive so, so and so for what they did to me or how they did this and that. Amen. Just keep it short. Pray it. That's your job. When God brings a thing back to your mind, all right? It may have started to come back even while we're here as I was speaking. Things were brought up to the surface. You must forgive so you can be healed. Can be healed. Then some of you will need to share with someone at some point. Need to fix an appointment tomorrow or day after. I'll get a phone number of a leader and say, I'd like to talk about this and that. Maybe you're a visitor. You're not here. You know, and share so that they hear you. Why? Bible says, confess your faults, James 5, one to another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. I've prayed for you, but sometimes they need to be confessed, or you need to open up and say, this was happening, or that was happened, or this one's happened, or that happened. It's important that you understand this, okay? The Lord wants to bring fullness of joy to you. Fullness of joy, not partial joy. Fullness of joy. Amen? Amen. Father, I thank you. Father, I ask that you receive every offering given tonight. I ask for everyone that was given already, I ask that you receive it, as that it be acceptable in your sight. Bless your children, bless the work of their hands, give them joy, peace, and gladness. Reassure their hearts of your love. You do mighty things. Do mighty things in this one's life. I ask that you teach them to live in the realm of the Spirit, to sing songs of the Spirit, to not only do what they see with their eyes or hear with their ears, but to press into the realm where our Father lives. The realm where the things that are created came out from. The spirit realm. Teach them to sing in Psalms and hymns, spiritual songs. As new songs bubble out of some of your hearts, your minds, as you lie down in your bed, you wake up in the morning, you're hearing a sound. La, 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 la. Don't laugh and say, what's that song? Sing it, sing it, sing it. Take your phone if you want and sing, or just sing it. It's not important that you record it. Sing it. Go with that flow. Go with that flow. Okay? Look, now I, I get that this will be happening to some of you already, but go with that flow. Alright? La, 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 la. And you're wondering, I don't know the wordings. It's just a tune. Sing in the spirit. Just sing in tongues. Is this clear? Please, someone here who, the way your mind works is always usually this way. God, if it's real, you tell him to point me out. God, if it's real, you tell him, you ask us to raise a hand. You tell me to come out. Please. I purposely learn not to be doing that. It takes up a lot of time. Okay, another, and it's not necessary. It's not necessary. Don't like cameras. Have peace. Don't feel bad. Hmm? 
don't feel bad, okay? The fact that I'm saying it is enough that God knows you, okay? Have peace. Have peace. Father, I thank you. Thank you for comforting your people. Help everyone here prepare to be a good shepherd. Bless them as they go. Keep them till we see again. Amen. We pray you receive eyes to see, ears to hear, and an understanding heart. Remember, test all things and hold fast to what is good. For more information, visit our website at God's hyphen lighthouse dot org. Oh